1: Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. To the
0: highway, in a brand new day, the gotta let it go, so far. rain is a- Fast to finger, down, Starts to tonight.
2: Welcome back to Open the Voice Gate for October 10th, 2023. We are members of the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. You can find us on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network feed or on our own dedicated Open the Voice Gate feed on all podcast platforms and applications. You could follow us on Twitter at Open Voice Gate. If you'd like to donate to the show, click the link in the show notes. It'll take you to our redcircle.com landing site. You click the red box to sponsor this podcast, and you can set up a one-time. Or recurring donation. No obligation whatsoever, but we would like to thank all of our previous donors. I'm one of your hosts. It's your old pal, Mike Spears, joining alongside, as always, Case Low. In case I've been calling for this week to be what it was for months now, ever since they published the October calendar case, what was the one thing I kept on saying? The first week of October was going to be killer. And guess what? We're through it.
1: We're through it. And, you know, all the audio that we've done over the last month or so talking about the bad luck that Drangate has had at times the boredom that Drangate has inflicted upon us it all washed away in one week and if you checked out in August or you checked out in September or if September ran you off from the promotion i think through one week we can say it's it's okay you can come back you know this was a really good week of shows two really notable shows to talk about a third show that happened that that wasn't bad but didn't light the world on fire by any means and some fun house shows i mean you have hours and hours of dragon gate content to consume and it shouldn't be daunting it should really be exciting because of some of the stuff we saw here
2: yeah i I guess like my big picture takeaway is that dragon gate had three network shows of different kinds over this first week you started off with booyah Den on thursday then the October Corquin on Friday finishing out with a uh, gate of origin yesterday on sports day but uh y- y- you have like a variety of stuff and I feel like we got like the full breadth of the 25 years of the Dragon system kind of put on display in a lot of different ways throughout it so it's something that I've been going through all the big shows that have happened in Japan yesterday and I keep on going back to thoughts of like oh yeah, we got to have a 25th anniversary match with Kenichiro Arai coming out in the same gear he wore 25 years ago. Or, hey, Sua was in the front row of the Akoska homecoming show. But nothing has been, I think, a bigger story in Dragon Gate over the last week than the fallout from and Hall. We had the big return after the main event, the Open the Triangle Gate Championship uh, decision match. We'll get into that one in a bit but first the return of diamante after the main event of cork when breaking up a zebrats beatdown on uh the new open the triangle gate champions Jamato dragon kid and punch Tomanaga diamante coming out fighting off zebras revealing his new character going forward as luis monte and immediately putting the challenge down to the people who betrayed him at kobe world he wanted a one on one with Shun Skywalker next month. However, his willingness to fight him no matter what means that we have a four on one handicap match: Zebras versus Luis Monte, who is now back full time with Dragon Gate.
1: Very fun stuff here. You know, I I like the twist and turns of this. I was not expecting Luis Monte, as it will take me a second to get used to calling him that. But I, I was not expecting the Luis Monte tur- uh, return here. Although it was a delightful surprise at a Cork and Hall show real quick, just to note, this was the gate of victory on October 6th, 1296 fans announced. I talked to somebody in the building. I said they announced roughly 1300. What do you think about that? He says I was in the building. That would be my guess as well. That sounds right. Uh, This person also reported heavy amounts of D courage and M three K merch compared to the rest of the roster for anybody that is curious but uh as for Luis Monte, uh, uh, I thought this was a great return. you know I like that they are not messing around and immediately going back to him and zebrats there's not you know uh, a focus right now on hey, let's try him in vibes let's try him with Yamato and Dragon Kid let's let's give him a shot in M3K you know they're not focusing on the placement of where he is going to land but rather having him going alone and fight zebrats. I think they've got the order of the chapters correct here. I would assume next month we will see some sort of army band together, whether it's Yamato, Dragon Kid, uh, Doi, Fuda, Daiki, whoever it is. I I think uh, very quickly Luis Monte is going to gain friends, but I love the way they have set up this four-on-one Zebrats versus Monte match. Yeah,
2: and to uh, further uh, just look at how he's been since his return, uh, since... Uh, returning at cork on the sixth he has had two singles matches one in yakoska against jackie funky Kame and one at gated origin versus jason lee so they, they've been very conspicuous about keeping him lone wolf at least for this next loop of shows and at, at the very least uh i did just kind of like talking since since talking about monte it's kind of worth bringing up these two matches now I kind of got like the impression in the way these matches were worked that this kind of is a, a way of him picking up the wins he would have picked up in a King of Gate one way or another like the Oh yeah, yeah 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 the, the kind of matches he, the first match he had against JFK being a very short one and then not much longer against uh uh Jason at in Sendai it really is something where they're putting where he's hanging the ground running and I think that by doing this kind of speed run of singles matches you're going to basically have him be at a point where we're going to want to have that group uh kind of stand behind him at in november like it's it, it's the right steps for him i feel like
1: well he's one of those guys you know we, we talked a lot at length about the complexities of Rio Saito's booking last week and I, we got a lot of great feedback on that there is so, somebody brought up a point actually that i'll I'll try to work in this week, and if I don't get to it, then we'll certainly address it in the near future because they brought up an interesting recall to dr- booking Dragon over the last two years compared to the previous 22, 23 years. But, you know, Monte's been handled with care. They put him against his best two opponents, you know, Kamei and Jason. The, the only other argument you could make is maybe Shun Skywalker, maybe La Astrea. You know, those are oddly the guys that have the best chemistry with Luis Monte. I really like the house show match against kamei i really liked the six man they did with dragon and yamato against m3k i thought monte looked great there and the jason lee match while not a great match i did think luis monte looked great there so we're three for three on solid outings i i, I like i said i like the way he's being presented let me ask you about his presentation real quick what do you think about the new gear that he's got
2: all right so uh they've got to do something about his boots right like he clearly does not like his boots and it's like it was very noticeable in the jason lee match where like he had to like stop like partway through one of the sequences to, like resnap his his he has basically uh motorcycle boots like quarters like quarter up boots that i get the effect everything else about his look i think is cool as hell they've kind of just added in some uh embroidery on his uh shirt and and pants and he has a very tight jacket that he makes the his opponents take off for him, which, which, is, a, think, which is
1: a great gimmick.
2: And, and he always says thank you very loud afterwards, and the crowd pops for it.
1: Yeah, no, that that was the thing, especially in the kame match, uh, which was on the great October 7th Yokosuka homecoming show for Susumu Mochizuki, his 25th anniversary show. Dragon Gate alum Sua in the front row, cheering everybody on. That YouTube upload is one of the best YouTube uploads they've had all year, maybe the best YouTube upload that wasn't a part of Ray Day Perejas or King of Gate, and that Kameh match was a lot of fun, and, and Monte was very, very over. I mean, they they have something here. It's really, it, it's, you know, a gift and a curse, and I, I'll talk more about this in just a minute, but, you know, the the injury of TN is such a bummer for a number of reasons. It mirrors history a little bit the more I thought about it throughout this past week, but if they would have had Monte come back and tn there i think they would have had this two-headed dragon of fresh new baby faces that they've never had before and that would have been really really exciting as they they charge into the last half of the year but nevertheless uh louis monte is here he is very over and uh tell me if i'm off base here i think he kind of looks like michael jackson now
2: it is a little of that it is
1: all it is all i can see is that he kind of looks like michael jackson
2: and it's something where, like, I feel like that there is a vibe very clearly thrown down with it, like Robert Rodriguez film vibe with him that they're trying to do, or at least that might be what Ultimo is thinking with this. I, yeah, I, I maybe. Think it's yeah, made... yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair to say, but it is something that especially like the the all black and especially like the bell bottom and then like this it is kind of like early 80s Michael Jackson
1: yes exactly yeah. yeah no but he he looks great you know he's getting those swoons he's getting those high pitch shears that you would want from you know essentially a hunkable baby face so I think they've done quite well you know I'm looking forward to seeing what he's gonna do over the next week as I sort of forget what he's doing on Kobe but I want to look that up real quick because we have the Kobe sambo Hall show and hopefully you know back at home base. Uh, he's able to hit the ground running there it's actually it's a kobe art center show i apologize and uh boy what a match it is dragon kid and punch tomonaga versus luis monte and Naruki doi
2: i mean uh speaking of punch should we just jump let, in let, let's
1: let's rip the bandaid off
2: we might be in the air of punch tomonaga ladies and gentlemen as coming out of the 10-6 cork hall show the new open the Triangle Gate champions are Dragon Kid, and Punch Tominaga as it's Punch Tominaga in the three-way match getting the final fall after a Frankenstein of the Almighty to eliminate the gold class team. Punch Tominaga gets the punch clutch out of nowhere on Yuki Yoshioka of all people. For the first time in his career, Punch Tominaga is open the Triangle Gate champion in case it is something that we kind of like have to appreciate and kind of take our hat off to, to like what has been done with Punch Tamanaga or like embracing a Punch Tamanaga over the last week, I feel like.
1: Mike, you know what we got to do? Uh, this this was a, a segment that was well-reviewed, well well-loved well three years ago, aka the last time I gave a Punch Tamanaga match four stars or higher. Can I go through the list? Of the definitive four star plus punch Tomonaga matches in his career,
2: absolutely, please do.
1: All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna go through these one by one. Stop me after each match if you want to share anything about them. Of course, Punch has a history in phenomenal open the Triangle Gate Championship matches just two months after his debut, after uh, what five years in the dojo? Uh, six no, <laughs> or six. Uh, seven, uh, rounding up to seven, maybe. November 19th, 2011, Chihiro, Tamanaga, Gamma, and Sachi Hoko Machine versus KZ, Naoki Tanazaki, and Naruki Doi, one of the all-time great Triangle Gate matches.
2: And the magic of Doi Darts was born that night.
1: Amen. We go, we go 18 months into the future, August 1st, 2013, Unit Dissolution and Loser Loses, mascara Hair 5-on-4, Handicap 2-Count Rules match this was Akira Tozawa, BB Hulk, KZ Mondai, Rio, and Yamano versus Chihiro Tamanaga, Cyber Kong, Shingo Takagi, and Super Shenlong.
2: Akatsuki versus Matt Blanky.
1: Oh, just well one of one of the best unit disbands matches of all time. Now that is not necessarily due to Tamanaga, where the Triangle Gate <laughs> match was, but. He was there. Uh, August 30th, 2013, Hawk and U.T. versus Masato Yoshino, Ryotsu Shimizu, and Chihiro Tamanaga. That was the Millennials landing in Kobe. That was very exciting. Uh, July 3rd, 2014, Punch Perm, Contra Punch Perm, Kotoka versus Chihiro Tamanaga. Maybe not a four-star match, but it is the match that turned him into Punch Tamanaga, and it is a lot of fun.
2: Yeah, I think that that is the sliding doors match of... We look at how Katoka and uh, now Punch Tominaga have gone since then. I think that both guys would take that result now. Like Katoka, like advertising, uh, opening his 13th and 14th gym of the year of this, and then Punch Tominaga is actually somewhat beloved.
1: In a weird way, uh, August 7th, 2014, no DQ match, Punch Tabanaga versus Shima. This is a match in which Punch Tabanaga beat Shima pretty definitively, and it was shocking to everybody.
2: He beat him like he owed him lunch money.
1: That's fascinating. That's Dangerous Gate 2014. That's on the network. That is uh, That's very interesting interesting match uh we also have december 16th 2014 this was a doi darts match shima araken tamanaga yosuke santa maria and yuga hayashi versus kanda saito fuji gamma and Hoko boy that was the match that we all fell in love with yuga hayashi now known as l Londonman. any fond memories of that or do you want me to move on to the next one
2: I think that was the start of Mr. Doidart's Yazushi Kanda. We can move on.
1: <laughs> August 16th, 2015. Akira Tozawa versus Super, Super Shisa versus Punch Tamanaga in a Brave Gate match. You have Tozawa and Shisa, two of my favorite wrestlers ever, and Punch in that one. Uh, I, I don't remember much about this off the top of my head.
2: Yeah, uh, this was during what I think well, we could talk about Brave Gate in a little bit, but uh, I, I This was not the title switch, right? Because the title switch was him and. No, uh, Tozawa
1: was defending the title here.
2: Right, right, right. But the t- title switch had Tanazaki involved in it, right?
1: Yes, because the title right. went to Kotoka. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I'll, I'll lump these two together here real quick. Shima, Drankid, Eita, and Takahiro Yamamura and Naruki Doi versus Shingo, T-Hawk, Ryu, and Punch Tamanaga. That is over-generation versus Verzerk. And then you have Verzerk versus Jimmy's in a unit disbands match from that September. Lindeman, Shingo, T-Hawk, Takashi Yoshida, and Punch Tamanaga versus Genki, Kanda, Kness, Susumu, and Saito. Two matches that Punch is involved in, but he is uh, the least important of all the guys involved in those matches.
2: Yes, and I do have to note for the record that Case is leaving out what I think is one of his best matches of all time on this list. I think we've already passed it, so I feel like it's oh, worth Oh, well,
1: please print. bring it up.
2: Oh, this was the Twin Gate match with uh, Gamma and Punch at Final oh, Gate 2014. Yeah. No, we, yeah.
1: So the last time we did this segment was August of 2020, and we had the same conversation then. That is, <laughs> that is not only not a four-star match, that is like a two-and-three-quarter-star match. It's tremendous. What was it's that? Tremendous. Was that Final Gate 2015? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I reviewed that for the site then because I, let me, let me see what I've got here. Um, because I know I reviewed this show. Yes, Final Gate 2015. Uh, Nozawa is on this show. Opening matches is Lindemann Kaito Ishida and Takahiro Yamamura versus Don Fuji, Yosuke Santa Maria, and Nozawa Wrong guy. Uh, let's see. Twin Gate match, Yamato and Doi versus Gamma and Punch. I gave this match three and a quarter stars
2: see it's not outside of the conversation that this match is a four-star match
1: i think it's a leap i think it is a leap my friend
2: i mean we usually don't argue about a half star but three quarters is it really that far
1: i think it is but that is you know what that is a good that's a good viewing project for everybody that's on the dragate network it's final gate 2015 I, I don't know if it's Look, cut up or not. I don't know what that network broadcast looks like. But please, if that's on there, go watch it.
2: Yeah, let, let's do a poll in the Discord over this match. If we're going to add this one to the list. We'll we'll get yeah, the listeners involved. There, there you go. Yeah, um, get it, get into the Open Voice Gate channel. And I don't know, thumbs up, thumbs down the show post on the uh, Final Gate 2015 match being added to the canon of Punch Dominaka. I think it should be.
1: OK, interesting. So those were 2017, 2018. He's got three. This was a good year for Punch. It was uh, Saito, Fuji, and Kness versus KZ, Susumu, and Punch at Cork and Hall. And then two months later, Willie Mack, Don Fuji, and Rio Saito versus KZ, Genki, and Punch. Those two were really good, as well as the R.E.D. versus Natural Vibes match, uh, the debut of Cosmo Sakamoto Ben, Big R Shimizu, Yoshida, and Kanda versus KZ, Genki, Susumu, Yashi, and Punch Tamanaga. You notice a reoccurring uh, theme here. This is why we're going through this entire list. Yes, he's crucial in the Doi Darts Triangle Gate match, the first match on the list. Yes, he's crucial in him versus Kotoka and him versus Shima. And then you start getting into these multi-man matches where he's there because he's in the unit, but he's not really important to the grand scheme of things. Is that a fair assessment? Very much so. Final match on this list before we go back to Cork and Hall. The last time we did this segment, August 9th, 2020. Perhaps the last great speed muscle match in history, other than their uh, finale, I guess, because I just remember they teamed together in the last match. Yoshino Doi versus Jason Lee and Punch Tamanaga. This was a very, very fun punch match. We're talking dog days of the pandemic. I believe this match was in Osaka. And it just blew our minds. It rocked our world. We couldn't believe how good it was. And that was three years ago. And that leads us here to this match open the Triangle Gate Championship, vacant Triangle Gate belts on the line, decourage versus gold class versus Dragon Kid, Punch Tamanaga, and Yamato. And as Jay so thoughtfully put it, you know, Dragon Gate put eight of their best wrestlers in the ring in this match. And it was Punch Tomonaga who became the superstar. A marvelous job by everybody involved.
2: Yeah, and I think w- when you point out the matches where he's involved in it, I think the, the thing is there's such a disparity of time. And I think that's worth kind of getting into. How would you classify Punch Tomonaga as a wrestler before, frankly, Buiden, uh this last week?
1: How would I classify him as a wrestler? I would say not yeah, good.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, his style, like oh, what has he tried to do and that um, kind of stuff?
1: It would be like if a 12 year old tried doing mixed martial arts. That's right. That's right. And I would say that like over this week,
2: he's kind of decided, you know what? I still know mixed martial arts. I can still scrap, but I'm just going to get my ass kicked a whole lot. Of- When's the last time you see him try to do his bad moonsault?
1: Uh, it had been a long time.
2: Yeah, he's dropped all the, like, the stuff there and it's gotten down to just getting his ass kicked, bending out of the way and kicking people and it worked.
1: Yeah, he's really, he, he's embraced sort of the rubber band man mentality because that, that's, you know, there's truth to that. He's very good at get his, getting his ass kicked. We saw Shingo do it for a number of years, and it was always very entertaining. Now we're in this spot where, you know, he's in the ring with Dra- uh, with uh, with Ben, and he's in the ring with Doi, and he's in the ring with Kakucha and Yoshioka, and he is there, and he somehow has this hometown advantage. He's getting the crowd behind him. And we're talking about some of the biggest baby faces. Forget Dragon Gate. We're talking about some of the most successful baby faces in Japan. And this crowd flips, and they get behind Tamanaga, and everybody rolls with it. And it is just one of these matches. You know, Dragon Gate has such a high bar. The floor for Dragon Gate is still so high. I mention this all the time. You know, a six-man tag in Kobe, let's say between Vibes and D-Courage. That match is, you know... We watch it, we go, okay, it's good, on to the next one. You know, and we move on with our lives. That same match happens on Raw or even at this era of Dynamite. People would lose their goddamn minds. Dragon Gate matches blend together because oftentimes they are so good. And this is one of those memorable matches that you and I are going to remember at the end of the year, at the end of next year, and five years from now. It was a moment when Dragon Gate needed it most
2: yeah and it's something where it's an awareness of themselves in this like having the three-way uh six man i was very at- i'm always very adamant for them to always do this because this is something that within the dragon system they have made this kind of match their own. Yes. they have made this the trademark like more so like everyone like i mean that that's kind of like the sad thing about uh the uh, ring of honor six man is that everyone thinks like that's the dragon gate match. It's kind of dragon gates match, but really it's the three way, the four way and doing it that way and putting them in this kind of match and in this kind of stakes, given everything and just putting the level of trust needed to have this where really like throughout this match, it was you we've seen now D courage for 20 months. Now we know that it's usually Die is the one who takes the heat, and then one of the two other two will be the heaters, and then that happens. Moving decourage out of that position is such a bold move, just in of itself. Because, I, I, as you were saying about people who were at the show, Decourge still are the main characters of Dragon Gate. It still very much feels like their promotion, even though the the I think we have less days ahead of decourge than we do have behind them. But it's the, the they realize that in this kind of match with this kind of context you can throw punch to Managa in here and make it his night. And it you're able to put D courage aside and gold class. Like we walked into this thinking like, Oh, it's got to be just put the belts back on gold class. And I don't think that would have been the right decision now. Like, like now that we see how the crowd reacted to punch to and this, I, I've been trying to figure out what to call this trio case because you can't call them X high end because punch to wasn't a part of it you can't Can you call, call
1: them it, uh, go ahead
2: you can't call them trueborns because dk is a uh, torymon first class like it's it's one of those things that like these i don't think these three have ever been in the same unit together at the same time
1: no because drank wasn't a an Kotsky, and he was he has been healed since you got to call them higher end they're, they're a better version of high end honestly if if we knew like this was the punch Tomonaga
2: that we would could have gotten in high end, and you were to tell me that in twenty twenty one, I would think case that you broke edge. But I would <laughs> think like okay, at that point, yeah, give give him punch, gives him the, give him a fall post at least. But instead, like now you have someone that continuing that I, I guess on to like Gate of Origin, the Triangle Gate match against Shun Kai and Hyo playing on the same playbook, and it's something where. We have seen in this company, and especially a lot recently, that things can work well for one night. And then afterwards, it's like, well, that was a one-night thing. It does not feel that way, at least with how Sendai was responding to uh, the, this uh, higher-end team coming out of this, even though I felt like that match was much more to the uh, punch monaga standard than the Cork and Hall match.
1: Well, first of all, astute listeners will remember, last week I said that there's a real chance that this team wins the the trios belts. And I should have doubled down on it because it's, I, I did not know the result going into this match when I watched it. And as soon as they came out of the curtain, I was like, oh my God, they're winning this. Like it just, it made too much sense. And we kind of debated, is it going to be gold class? You were a little heavier on gold class. And I, I, I had a feeling deep down inside that they, they could come away with this. And I just, I, I did not want to listen to my gut, but I should have. But nevertheless, you know, I think the shelf life on punch here is, is short. They've got their first defense. I, I certainly do not see this team, nor do I really want this team having more than say three defenses. You know, they've served their purpose. They 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 got their big moment. They got the follow up. We can now move on to something else. We 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 have their. Yeah, you know, I don't want to call them a, a transition team, but you know because because they're not. They serve their purpose, and now let's foist the belts onto somebody else here. So well done. I, I do want to mention also. You know, I have seven. Decourage trios matches, Daya Kakuta and Yoshioka at four stars or higher this year. That is as strong of a trios year as any Dragon Gate trios team I can ever remember.
2: And they will probably never have the triangle gate.
1: I, it's crazy. Like, that is sort of. I, I don't know. I, you know, I, I'm wrestling with this a lot right now as we sort of approach the end of the year. I really don't know how to rate Kakuta on on a most outstanding or, you know, an FSM 50 type deal because he's taken a hit from a, a public perception standpoint. He hasn't had the great singles matches in the second half of the year that everybody wanted him to have. He has almost 24 star matches this year, though. Like he is still one of the best wrestlers in the world.
2: Yeah, I think it's something that at the very least, I think his most outstanding candidacy, although like you can't say that he's been putting in a plus work as a singles champion i think the rest of it like is at such a point that like he still definitely deserves merit or consideration for most outstanding mvp now i think that's the one where you're really i know that uh, there was a point where i said like what if he's a, a third place vote there i don't think that's the case anymore.
1: yeah yeah I, I i don't i don't know i mean flair thes is such a dumpster fire this year you know you got to go mystico and then Osprey, I refuse to vote for Roman Reigns. I, I just, I, you know, even objectively, I just. S- system quarterback. Yeah, I, I, you know, he's not, he's not the guy that got hot. Sami Zayn's the guy that got hot. I don't understand. I just, I, oh, it's Hall of Fame season. I my, my dander is really up about Roman Reigns. So, you know, it, it can't be Kakuta. I don't know if at that point you just throw Okada a bone and go, hey, here's third place in Flair Thez this year. I, I don't know. You know, I I don't know what we're going to do, but it's Kakuta, I think, unless he really turns it around in November and December and has, you know, four and three quarter star matches against Shimizu and whoever else. I I think he's probably out of that conversation right now.
2: Yeah, and it's something where so I want to talk about how long this reign goes, because you you raise an interesting point there that you see this not necessarily being a, a a belt pillow scenario, but kind of being like a short term run i i am prone to uh agree with you on this i just think that you look at this and everything else within the company right now it's just like that the, we're starting to see a little bit of misfires with zebrats we're starting to see certain things with it that like it does kind of feel like whatever unit can kind of come out of whatever mess is going to happen and then it's when does this shakeup finally end? Is it going to end up being Monte and whoever stands behind him? If finally being the Triangle Gate champions, is that going to be kind of the solidifying reign? But I could see this. Maybe I I, I would say my over under is uh, that they drop the belts at Final Gate. I think they get, you you put them through Osaka because you get Yamato and Dragon Kid on a good, point, a good part of the crowd there and, and a good point in the card. And then you drop in Fukuoka. I feel like.
1: I think they probably lose a little bit sooner than that. I think they probably drop it the Hokkaido Triple Shot weekend in early December.
2: That's a good pull. That's yeah, because that, that could yeah. headline
1: a show, and it's you know, it's look, it's oh, probably absolutely. it's probably Monte and and Kagatora and Doi, or or Monte and Kagatora and Kondo. I mean, it's I think that's the direction they go. I think that's the right direction to go. And it's just whatever they want to do, you know, whoever they want to saddle him up with. But I, I would assume that's the direction we're going here.
2: Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. Uh, any other Gate thoughts before we look at the other title that had some ramifications over the weekend?
1: Well, you know, I'm going to call an audible on the run sheet real quick, if you don't mind. Oh, uh, please do. Can we, can we run down the rest of this quirk and show? There's just, a, there's just a lot of things I want to talk about on here
2: yeah absolutely so this and show uh was on the 6th i don't have to say anymore that it's going to be up on the network until X now because uh, these
1: shows are on the network baby
2: yeah they're up here into perpetuity i guess uh do do we want to lead off talking about uh jay and hoho's conversation in the uh, pre-show uh take it away Yeah, yeah, yeah take it away so uh jay mentioned this on twitter i think he said this on the 5th but uh to open up the, the Corkwin Hall shows for those who don't regularly watch Dragon Gate. That's usually the rundown with uh, uh, the Japanese announcer Ichikawa with whoever is going to be with him on the call for the first match. It's about 15 minutes that they go live before wrestling happens. Uh, Jay made mention that he was going to kind of go through the overall injury report and kind of situation state of the company going into uh, this Cork Corkwin Hall show. And, He led off with a injury report. And uh, what I'll do is I'll read off everyone and kind of the summation we got. And uh, I'll let you comment after that. Yep, go ahead. All right. So first and foremost, uh, Minorita has had his ACL surgery. Uh, He tore his ACL a couple months ago now. Now now that we look at it, or it feels like a couple months ago, it was in reality soon after uh, Dangerous Gate uh, with an ACL injury. We expect a long absence ahead of
1: Yeah, that's not good. You know, uh, I I hope he gets better. I hope he's, you know, if he's half the wrestler he was before the surgery, I think that's a win. But since he came into this promotion, which was two years ago, almost exactly, he's been a constant source of entertainment. He's been a focal point really since his debut. And I think these cards are going to suffer to some degree without him.
2: I miss him on on Bujaden. I really do.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I look, I the second Bujaden show that he was on, I. I fantasy booked 12 months of Minerita in my head as 2006 perk angle in my head. I was like, that, that could <laughs> be him. If he wanted that future, he could have it.
2: Just call him the
0: pit bull. Oh, go oh my God. The,
1: the shirts I'd buy the pro wrestling tees, bootleg merch
2: I'd buy. Oh Lord, baby. But I, I, I think it's something with him with the ACL and that kind of surgery. And with him, it'll be interesting to see how he comes back and who he comes back as. I think though, that, I it is something that I think he might come back as Minorita and there will be some resolution there and then we'll see where he goes from there. But that's going to be way off into the distance. I- yeah, it
1: will. It, it's odd. You know, his character is tied into the unit that he was in. I I don't know what you do with that. You know, I, I don't know if you just stick gold class out and, and j- j- try to hope that they're relevant a year from now. I don't I don't know what you do there.
2: Yeah, it, it. but that's not a problem that GM Rio Saito has to solve today. We'll, we'll see where things are when he is back. Uh, the other gold class injury, BB Hulk, he was pulled from the Triangle Gate Tournament due to a leg injury. He's basically day-to-day. He's walking around. We've, it, it, he did not appear on the shows this weekend, but I would basically, if I was doing an NFL-style uh, injury list report case, I would put him last week at day-to-day, and now... We'll see how he, when he pops back up on cards. I don't believe he's on this weekend's Kobe shows.
1: Uh, no, I don't believe he is either. I mean, this happens every year with Hulk. I, I, I'm yeah. used to this now. I assume he'll be okay and he'll bounce back. But this is just, it's the yearly BB Hulk, you know, oh, what are we going to do with him? You know, he's, he's hurt thing. So, I, you know, oh, he, he is back. He is back. He's in the opening match. It's uh, okay. Shimizu, SMJ, and UT versus Minora, Ben, and Hulk. So he is already back.
2: So we upgrade that to Probable at that yes, point. Yes, there there you go. Yeah, uh Kaito Nagano of course was hurt on the show's last week. Uh felt that it, it was landing off of a dropkick in the dying moments of the Triangle Gate tournament match, uh, separated shoulder and we know how those go. I I, I just now anticipate like uh, we'll revisit Kaito Nagano next fall, basically.
1: Yeah, it, it's a it's a, a real bummer on that one as well, you know, he's another guy who Debut really strong, it sort of fell into a lull there. I thought, and then it seemed like he was getting his mojo back. And right when that happened, you know, again, such a silly injury. You know, he throws a drop kick and just lands bad on his shoulder, and now, now, now we're in the spot we're in.
2: Yeah, and hopefully he can come back sooner. It's just there's been a lot of shoulder injuries in this company, and it's better to be a little bit on the, jud- the judicious side than optimistic about these sorts of injuries. I. Oh, one hope he he is able to come back sooner than that. I just can't anticipate hearing anything about him until Kobe World next year. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Ryu Fuda, do we want to talk about Ryu Fuda's injury now, or should we tie that into the Bravegate?
1: Let's hold off for just one minute if you don't mind.
2: Yep, absolutely. And then the uh, major injury, uh, Tien Revolution, severe knee injury. Uh, This was kind of something that we all kind of knew was bad uh they still don't know exactly how severe it is is the uh short of it with these kind of injuries you have to wait for the swelling to go down to see what the real damage is and the fact that he is now going for a second opinion over this is really like it's something where Minorita, they figured out it was an acl he got the surgery he's on the mend tn i guess there there's hope maybe that's not like this but i think it's more so just trying to see like is it really this bad is the impression i got
1: it's not good you know no. it's uh again who would have thought you know he throws a stomp and it, it possibly derails 12 months of dragon gates booking
2: yeah yeah but with those were the five that were mentioned again we'll talk about ria food after we're done going through uh this corkwin hall show uh just like from top to bottom this show kind of between the uh, triangle gate match and the main event, and at least for me, the match of the show for me was the opener. Okay, so I thought that 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 was like an I thought that was the real stuff that I was missing out of in September. This was just what a top to bottom traditional, but the magic of Dragon Gate is still there kind of show.
1: Well, it, it did everything you would want it to do, you know, you had nostalgia. You had, uh, you know, great performances from rookies, and you had the guys that matter right now shining bright. You you hit really all three paths there. And let's talk about this opener real quick. You know, Masaki Mochizuki and Mochizuki Jr. versus Don Fuji and Yoshiki Kato. They go to a time limit draw in the opener. And, you know, I, I said this to the person that I talked to that went to this Corkin show. They're not a, a super in-tune Dragon Gate fan. This is, a, this is a definition lapsed Dragon Gate fan. And they were telling me, you know, I I had never seen Junior wrestle before, and they were blown away at what they saw just the way he carried himself, his movements, how quick he was. And I I will continue to say it. You know, I I think the larger wrestling media and the tastemakers that matter, I think they're all really behind on him. And, you know, what sort of currency is credit? It's hard to really define, but when we talk about wrestlers under 30 years old and in his case you know he's under 25 and still well under 25 he he is he he might not even be 20 yet i think he's 19 uh, uh
2: he turned 20 he is now okay. officially an adult in japan oh
1: great Yeah, great he's, he turned 20 he's all grown up now you know I, I i don't know what else this guy can do it's just people are not paying attention and I, You know, Voices of Wrestling did the great 30 under 30 this year, and I I did not disagree with a lot of the results, but the fact that I was the only person on that panel to vote for Mochizuki Jr. I think is a disgrace, and I think if we were to vote six months from now, I would be maybe one of two people to vote for Mochizuki Jr., and that's just simply not enough. He is not only one of the best wrestlers uh, under 30, I think his pedigree this year while he's been healthy, he's as as good of a draggy wrestler as there is. And he's had
2: a really interesting week. Like, this match was only kind of a step of it. it there was the uh, trios match with the uh, Dragon Gate Future Kids, him and uh, Kato teaming along with Raya uh, Tanaka against the NOAA uh, rookies. And then busting his nose up there. And then now he's just bleeding in every single match. Like, Don Fuji punched him in the face like, within the first 30 seconds knowing he was going to get blood immediately from him. And it worked. Like, it, it is something that eventually he's going to have to probably get that nose taken care of for his own sake. I mean, it, it was something that I noticed at least in Sendai, a whole lot of mouth breathing. I think that nose is pretty messed up, but it it is added so much, at least in this stretch of shows. They had six shows in, in six nights. Probably not the best thing for him likely to be wrestling with a broken nose this long, but he it, it has added something to him. It is something where I now really know that and I anticipate that if Mochizuki Jr. is in a big-time match, not only is he such a big-time player that he is uh, someone that never has made a bad step in his year career in main event spots or, in, or really in important spots, now you have the thing that this is a guy who will bleed on command, and it kind of fires him up. It's fantastic. It's a
1: secret weapon. I mean, it's just... It's awesome, and it's amazing. You know, Jay, and, uh, Jay and Jason Lee were on commentary talking about how he gets his nose busted open all the time, and then a minute later, he gets his nose busted open. It couldn't have worked out any better, and this was an opener. I went three and three quarters on this. I think it is well worth going out of your way to say.
2: I was four and a quarter, and part of that is Yoshiki Kato is back, and he's making up for lost time. It started at Buyaden, especially with the way that he was really just like not being phased by any any of what the arc could throw at them it continued in this uh match here just he was really getting the better of mochizuki senior throughout this match and it's nice to see that like this is a guy that jay talked about he woke up and he couldn't see one day and he essentially lost six months of his career due to that and now coming out of cork when, and then as we get to this uh, this trial series he's going to have i find that it he's become w- over a period of the week like if if punch Omanaga was the main character of Dragon Gate over this this last week, this first week of October, I think 1B has to be Yoshiki Kato. I,
1: I'm really intrigued by Kato in the ring right now because he, he looks very good and he's also still very protected. And I don't mean that as a knock. I, I think it's, it's wise the way that they're using him because I don't feel like he's doing a lot of complex things because I don't think he's ready, ready for it, but... You know, he's not, you know, think about the matches that he's booked in. It's not like he's in a bunch of fast paced trios matches going at it with Casey or with Doi or with Daya, you know, doing the complex, the the quote unquote Dragon Gate things. He's in these tag matches and he's in these singles matches and they are worked animalistic. You know, he he's almost more like a Big Japan strong wrestler than he is a Dragon Gate wrestler. I think it's a plus. I think it makes him stand out. And I think as time goes on, he'll find that footwork, he'll find that timing that lets him do those Drangate things. But for now, it's so delightful because it's just different. It's just different from what everybody else is doing.
2: Yeah, and should we, I, I guess we've already the one. Should we talk about the, the series right now? Yeah, 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 please. So Yoshiki Kato, after this match, he wants to take things and he wants to uh, make that next step forward and make up for lost time. And in doing so, this brings out GM Ryo Saito, who's more than pleased to do this kind of thing. And we have a five-match series for Yoshiki Kato now. It started in Sendai with uh, Big Boss Shimizu, and it's going to be continuing throughout this month. And it is coming up in Kobe. He has on this doubleheader, he has Yamato on the 14th, he has Shun Skywalker on the 15th, and then next week, the, the next weekend in across Fukuoka, their traditional double shot, Benkei and Masaki Mochizuki. And at least through the Shimizu match, it's very interesting the way that they are kind of thrusting him into this because you're absolutely right. He is protected in a way that is not dissimilar, but on a different scale than Benkei was in 2017, 2018, especially when you look at the, the fact and the similarities between the two of them, there's a lot and it is, Played off with Benkei. It is something that when you have someone like this who is so different from the rest of the roster, you, your tendency would be naturally, oh, I want to highlight the difference, and make sure there's a lot of Yoshiki Kato. That, that's a disservice to someone like that in this kind, in this stage of your career, especially after losing those six months. And at least through Sendai, uh, he loses to Big Boss Shimizu by the, the Utebi, his uh, falling splash, not the Big Boss press we got a different kind of match coming out of this. And it's something that I think that for Kato is going to only pay off for him long-term, especially like when we're looking at Mochizuki and Benkei in one day, that's a big night for Yoshiki Kato. And I think that we'll, we'll know a lot about him by that day.
1: Well, you know, the whole series is set up really well because we had the Shimizu match and, and, and that match wasn't, you know, great by any means, but it also wasn't bad. It was, you know, get a showcase It's sort of an exhibition of where Kato's skills are at by now. My guess is Yamato probably grapples with him a lot. I think we get an interesting Yamato match this weekend. And then the Shun match, which I, I am just over the mood about. I can't wait to see what that looks like. And then, you know, he'll get a bang bodies with Ben and then he'll get his shit rocked by Mochizuki. I think this will be a very successful trial series. He won't win any of these matches, but he'll get accomplished, you know, sort of the next step of his career.
2: Yeah, and at least like through the shimizu match, like just to touch on it here, it, it's something where uh, it was the overall thing was: Will shimizu take this guy seriously? With shimizu like with all the momentum in the world behind shimizu with the Dream Key and a title match set up in three weeks, how is he going to handle someone who is very much kind of like him? But the idea that now you have someone who's younger. And bigger than you. Will he take Kato seriously? And we had the moment where Kato came back and it was enough there that I was like, all right, we got what we wanted out of this match, at least for me.
1: You know, it's gonna be really interesting to see what they do because obviously he and TN were such natural rivals, you know, same class, two bigger guys, Kato a power junior, TN a bigger guy who wanted to focus on high flying. And I, I sort of I thought about this in relation to Punch Tamanaga, but I think it can actually relate to Kato too. You know, Mike, we all look at 2005 as one of the best years in the in the history of the Dragon System. You know, I think it's 2005, 2011, 2015. You want to throw some hodgepodge of 2020 and 2021 in there? I would certainly not argue. the The reason 2005 in particular was so great is that at the beginning of the year, unexpectedly, Milano Collection AT leaves the promotion. And and this was unexpected. Uh, Gate certainly had long-term plans for him that had to be abandoned. And when Milano left, the booking uh, was just completely ripped apart and they got really creative and did a lot of really unique things. It's almost a, a tale of two halves because the first half of the year through World feels way different than World through December. World through December, it's good, but it doesn't feel like they're flying by the seat of their pants. Whereas January through July of that year, you watch those shows in order, you go, oh my God, what are they going to do on the next show? Every show just seems to take a different twist and turn, and it was all unexpected, and we all knew it was going to be unexpected because of the departure of Milano, a main event player, a central figure in this promotion. You and I both were expecting TN, and everybody listening were expecting TN to be the main character of the promotion throughout the next six months, 12 months, two years, whatever it is. We all know now that whatever was planned for him is scrapped. It's gone. And whether it's Kato taking advantage of that, whether it's Punch taking advantage of that, whether it's Tanaka, whether it's Doi, whether it's Kakuta, whether it's Shun, whoever it is, there are going to be people that benefit from T N going away and it's going to be really interesting to see who thrives as a result.
2: Absolutely. One person that we can say is taking advantage of it, though, is definitely Yoshiki Kato. real fun thing to kind of follow for the remainder of october for him uh getting back to the Corkwin show we had a uh, hoho and daiki yanagiyuchi versus kagetori monday ryu nasty camel clutch on the gooch for the uh, veteran squad to win and then we got into the 25th anniversary matches yuzushi kanda versus Ginki horiguchi and Kanichiro Rai versus susumu mochizuki
1: yeah you know horiguchi versus saito short sweet to the point a very fun match and then there was Arkin versus Susumu. And, uh, you know, I, I I talked at length about Susumu Yokosuka, Susumu Mochizuki last week, and just how impressive and underrated he is. And then he came to the ring in this match wearing the gear that he debuted in 25 years ago. And the thought of fitting into something from 25 years ago just absolutely blew my mind. And it just, it, it goes to my theory, Susumu Mochizuki's a robot.
2: Yeah, and it is something where... You, you had on the other side, you had a Rai, and I, I think the thing about this match that I really kind of enjoy, the, in contrast to the Kanda Horiguchi one, where Kanda and Horiguchi, they basically, they played the hits, and then Kanda ate a backslide. No no harm, no loss there. Uh, Susumu was going back to the Technic Master. He was doing the Rolling Knee Bar, which I think he should bring back. The Rolling Knee Bar is tight. I and agree. Ar- and the Arakan at the same time, going for it in a way, and the crowd really responded to arkin and it kind of was always a reminder to me a little bit of man i know why arkin is basically a once a month guy and i probably wouldn't want to see him five times a month on the dragon gate network every weekend but boy do i it's nice to see him in these contexts at well le-
1: yeah i mean this was this was essentially a dragon gate house style maestros match you know it, it was it was guys working slower than they did at one point, not doing things as crisp as they did at one point, but it was still clever. And it was just a fun exhibition of who they are now in their career. And and you're right. You know, I think this sort of match would suck if it was every Kobe show and every Osaka show and twice in Fukuoka and even every month in Cork. And I don't think I'd like it. I do like the idea of something like this once a quarter. And luckily Drangate is in a position. I mean, think about this and, you know, compared to some of the other promotions in Japan, you know, this was like a rare novelty to see two old guys in a singles match here working past their prime. That is just the default for some promotions now. It was really, this was a fun change of pace, quite honestly.
2: Yeah, and it's something where, like, if this promotion really did have to rely on Kenichiro Arai five times a month, that, that, that probably would be the biggest indictment there about the save Dragon Gate, you know? so no, they they
1: they continue to look to the future and look at that it works out for them
2: absolutely well they weren't necessarily looking towards the future i guess with this uh next tag team match uh, natural vibe shimizu and strong machine j versus the freelancers eta and shuji kondo uh interesting finish here we have uh, shimizu kind of eating a uh, upkick uh when he was attempting the the uh big boss press but then eta immediately gets him into the corner bounces him into the corner tries to do a flying elbow and he's caught right into a vicious shot put slam to keep shimizu's route to the dream gate at gate of destiny alive but the real story of this match eta and strong machine j could have a really fun feud if eta ever wanted to make dragon gate a priority
1: Yep. This was, uh, th- this was, you know, one of those ATA matches where he tried and it was like, Oh my God, can you imagine if he just did this all the time? Can you imagine if this was his career? Cause he's not falling on his head and he's still very fun to watch. And that seems to not always be the case with Ata. You know, I talked to my review over at voices of wrestling.com, the written review of this, I, I think under normal circumstances, I would want this to be a Shimizu showcase, you know, have him hot in Korkin going into his Dreamgate match because the November Corkin show will be after Gate of Destiny. You know, this is the last time Tokyo will see him, uh, you know, possibly without the Dreamgate Championship. Normally, my school of thought here would be, you know, make him look good, have him hoist up Kondo for the win, you know, make him look like a world beater. He he played second fiddle in this match, but that was fine because I thought A and Strong Machine J were just so so
0: entertaining
2: yeah and shimizu looked like a absolute beast taking the guy who pretty much like kicked him to the curb and just f- drive him into the mat like i it's totally fine shimizu looks strong because he destroyed Ata on the finish
1: yes yes he did it was great and you know look i yeah i have my frustrations with Ata far from a perfect wrestler but i do appreciate that he's willing to to take a loss here and there
2: you, you know i try to keep my eyes peeled for Ata on uh sports day yesterday the uh, japanese national holiday commemorating the 1964 tokyo olympics if you're wondering why all those big shows in japan on monday that's why Ata was not experiencing any monday magic or a gate of origin yesterday it kind of surprised me
1: I, you know I, I don't know i i know uh started wasn't feeling that magic either I, I don't know maybe maybe they were running a house show and dolphins i'm not sure maybe it was like a secret unannounced show and you know a thousand people showed up and it's considered a success i'm not sure
2: yeah i, I mean maybe he had other sports to do Who i knows? don't
1: know look i you know it was uh, only big show in, the, in that part of the country i, I don't know yeah, it's yeah, well, it odd yeah i, no, I, I don't I, know i thought they i thought a big success corporate backing and everything Yep, we have a
2: full press conference today talking about them, yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, yeah. No, they're hey, look, they're doing well. They're doing well. Up.
2: All Semi-main right. event, Z Bratz, the full compliment, uh, Shun Skywalker, Kai Hio, and Ishin versus Natural Vibes, KZ, Jason Lee, UT, and Jackie Funky Kamei. Jin Chu on UT to get the win here for the Bravegate champion. KZ challenged for the Brave Gate directly right after this, filling in Ria Futa spot at gate of origin but he wanted to have ria fuda with him on monday and the one m- m- my favorite moment of this match was a ho-ho line and oh, he said hey, i
1: don't i don't know what he said i'm so excited
2: all right so this was like during that they jumped them at the start and and very matter of factly ho-ho says well that's why we call them z brats
1: <laughs> hey no argument from me i get it
2: <laughs> yeah but this was Something where like, and, and, and this is probably a me thing where I had to get over. This was a match that felt like, hey, we might finally get this, this fans, maybe one day.
1: Okay, interesting. I I was very surprised that this wasn't your match of the night because I thought this was so awesome. I mean, oh, this I was, was just in, okay. All right, I, I was four and a quarter here, and it really got me thinking because the two stars of this match to me were Jackie Funky Kame, who I just I just thought had a great week. You know, he was he was very good here. He was very good at Gate of Origin. I liked him versus Luis Monte. It's just a very good stretch of matches. I really wish Kamei and Jason would work a bullied show. I would like to see what they looked like in that environment. I don't know if we'll ever get that, but I digress. But it was Kame and it was Shun Skywalker. And I yeah. start I, I started thinking about Shun in the context of this unit and the comments you made last week, because you just historically are just not a big Zebrats guy. In the 25 almost years of Dragon Gate, has there ever been a single wrestler that has impacted both the present tense and the legacy of their unit as much as Shun Skywalker has with Zebras Because we've seen him go away and we've seen the relevance of this unit crumble while he's gone. And then he comes back, and all of a sudden they are yet again a locked and loaded and ready-to-go heel unit. Uh,
2: I, I just would like to state for the record, as Case was giving that very impassioned speech about Shun Skywalker, the Reggie Jackson of Dragon Gate, the straw that serves the drink, Texas Rangers won Baltimore oh, was, I,
1: I just I just flipped over from Danielson. So we're, we're recording this just so everybody knows. We're recording an hour earlier than normal because we have so much to talk about. This is the, the most loaded night of TV that I remember in forever. It is Mike's Texas Rangers in a huge playoff game. The Chicago Blackhawks have the number one pick in the draft debuting tonight, so that's a big deal where I live in Chicago. You have Dynamite in this bullshit-ass NXT. I know they're going to win, but God, I hate them. I hate everybody involved with that promotion. I hope they lose. Uh, and uh, you've got preseason basketball, so it is a loaded night of television.
2: It is. It is Corey Seager, fresh off of having the Major League Baseball postseason record for walks in a game.
0: Just hit home run.
1: In my uh, it. my my MLB the Show franchise that I've I've had for a few years now, I'm playing MLB 22 the Show uh, as the White Sox, which is funny because that White Sox team in that game. It's like, oh, Moncada and Jose Abreu and Tim Anderson. These are still relevant players. Like, the, these guys are the future. Uh, I, I, I've i traded them all away, and I, I acquired Corey Seager, and boy, is he fun to play with in video game form. That is that is just a guy that has a very wide strike zone and can hit everything.
2: Yeah, it, it is something that, sadly, due to uh, carriage agreements, this is the most I've been able to watch my favorite pro sports team for the year. Oh, it's and good. It's a
1: good system. I,
2: I, I've been... Taking in the baseball farms wide open, trying to escape my personal prison here,
1: guys. I'm well done. Well done. I, yeah, I'm yep, happy for you. I think this Rangers yep. team is awesome. I I really like them, and I, I hope they do well.
2: Yeah, I just it, it's fun until the sixth inning every night for me. Yep. Like like, the, like that's how it is. We don't need to talk about my other sports team what they did this week, but uh, can, can, yeah.
1: oh, I I've been I've been meaning to ask you about that privately. Can we talk real quick? Can I get your thoughts just about? Uh, whatever the fuck NXT is doing tonight. Because we haven't talked about this.
2: Yeah. Uh, uh, Spears of hat on right now. Okay, so I look at this basically as that they know no matter what, they're going to win the night, so they want to run up the score, and they don't care how distasteful or how embarrassing it is to trot all these things out there for the Pepsi Cola to their Coca-Cola, or even worse, the... it's really more so of the RC Cola to them at this point you know yeah, it's embarrassing
1: I, just, I i hate them so much i just i i wish them all to fail I, anybody there and i know that sounds harsh maybe to some people but i don't know if you're if you're in that that orlando you know conglomerate they got going on down there i just i just wish for failure i think what they're doing is terrible for the industry
2: yeah and it's it, it it's something that i mean it does such like a a a damaging thing that like Completely. The way I look at uh, talent development in wrestling, I I don't see an actual major North American company doing like a true full effort because of how much of a disaster the nine-figure failed succession plan was.
1: I I, got to be honest. I I don't think I really appreciated your long-term take that you've been saying for years and years and years until just recently where, and this goes back to the beginning of AEW, that people don't want to- Yes, that people don't want an alternative; they want WWE to be five percent better. And oh my god, were you right?
2: It it, it is something, K. So I was both right about this and calling out almost to the month when WWE would be sold. Like, it's, that, it, that, it, it, you know
1: it, that that is a that is a W for you as well because I was yeah. I was very skeptical until I wasn't, but it took me a long time to get there.
2: It it, it is something that like it, it, if we're gonna like put on this hat and like discuss it like. The thing that ultimately happened was that you get the 5% without uh, Vince McMahon interjecting every week, basically. Well, like You're able to get that 5% better than you have that with WWE. That's what I feel like has happened more so than anything else with AEW. Everyone's picking attendance. Everyone's picking that. It, it, it's challenger brand versus a established entity. You just do... The smart thing, if you are looking at it from the established entity side of just shore up your ranks, that's the least expensive way to your shareholders of improving. And that's kind of what we had happen.
1: And yeah, I mean, look, it, it's a it's a challenger brand against a brand who has figured out a way to not only co-opt media successfully for the first time in their history, they are doing it miraculously and they are doing it unapologetically oh, yeah. and they're they're co-opting people to a point that they they can't be called out you know other than dave and and voices of wrestling you know who's too small to be big too big to be small you know we just exist on this island i mean i it's just it's just pathetic i mean the i i will continue to bang on the uh the drum of the embarrassment that is fightful.com and the the writers they have there and and you know, some of the public statements that Sean Ross Sapp has. I just think it's all humiliating. I think they should all be absolutely embarrassed with themselves and the way that they carry water for this promotion. And luckily, you know, uh, you know I have a platform where I can actively root against them. A lot of people have to be neutral. A lot of people want to be neutral. I can actively root against them. I, I can't stand them. Uh, but boy, the people that are just more than happy to uh, cheer them on from the sidelines. I, I find it to be gravely disturbing every single day.
2: And, and, and like the thing, like not to hammer the, the the point like way too much and get really uh uh smelling my own farts. People have to realize that AEW has accelerated themselves to essentially be WWE that we ultimately don't matter. So you're carrying water for a a a corporation that no matter what, if you look at the ten Ks, you li- you listen to wrestlingomics and you you go through it, you are not the marketed property anymore the media don't have to do this because wwe is just gonna make all their money on rights deals and aew is approaching that faith too they're they're not like direct to consumer like sports entertainment pro wrestling the way that we understood it for the last 115 years of the enterprise like the entirety of pro wrestling we've now accelerated to a point where the fans ultimately don't matter as much as making sure your uh corporations of which you're supplying content to are happy and it's just it's one of those things, guys. That like, as soon as like I had that scales from the my eyes moment, I've just it it is now very easy for me to watch these two promotions very dispassionately.
1: Yeah, I well, I I always found that that part of the WWE business model to be interesting when business was bad, when they were you know just bombing house shows, record low TV numbers, it's like, hey, we're making more money than ever. I, this is insane i can't i can't believe they're getting away with this like this business model but that's how the system is it's made just, it. it's just mind-blowing all
2: Okay. Hey, hey and uh i guess kudos to tony Khan to find a way to get there in f- in four years yeah you know? yeah, yeah. The, but it it, it it is something that like i just like a- a- am at a point where, at least with that kind of stuff that like i find it all interesting almost from an analytical standpoint but like from someone who went from like covering AEW as passionately as anyone else. to like now I've just like now, other than just like seeing how it breaks now, like I've lost any sort of attachment to it
1: at this yeah, point. It's amazing. And that, that for me has just been the last six months. You know, I just, they have pivoted from being what I wanted them to be. And I, I don't, I don't know if they're ever going to come back from it. You know, it's, I, I don't know. A- and, and you know
2: what was... the sad thing about that is, case? Yeah, go ahead. The, the thing is that, the, like, them pivoting away for this and essentially uh, RC Cola WWE is, if you look at it from a purely like success based like decision, like company success based decision, ultimately the right move. Like that's the thing that sucks about it is just like, oh, they, they did the thing that ultimately just ensures the longevity of the promotion, and it is done kind of in, in a way that just is a major bummer. I feel like
1: yeah i I don't know. I found it so odd when you know people like Jeff Jarrett, who is a lifetime failure in pro wrestling, and Jimmy Jacobs, who I like as a performer, but has never inspired me creatively, you know i I think he's oftentimes shot over the moon, and Robert Evans. Who I was once a huge fan of, and then it turned out that you know I, I I found him to be a creative fraud as well. You know these people are brought in and and it was celebrated and it was just it became the thing where it's like well wait a minute these people are are on a business level they're lifelong failures. Why are they Why is Jeff Jarrett getting a job promoting live events? He's never successfully promoted live events, and all of a sudden their live event business is down and and people you know. I, the the whole Jeff Jarrett thing has boggled my mind. I mean, I I didn't want him anywhere near AEW. The run, it won me over for like a month, but now he's still around. And now it's like this, to me, he is he is everything you should be trying to destroy. He is everything you should not want to be. And people, you know, yuck it up. Oh, there's Jeff Jarrett. That's so much fun. It's like, it's not. This is actually, it's, it's a detriment to the thing that you and I are trying to support.
2: It, it, it is really really wild and it's i i mean like it did, like almost to a point now where it's just like okay you're essentially drawing just about what you did when you started like this the, like that's the one thing about the attendance conversation that i think people are forgetting they were doing about three four thousand in 2019 and the, the the whole talk about the buildings and all of that it's it, it it's just kind of like a, a, ignoring the fact that ultimately they just decided just to go pro wrestling accelerationist by hiring people like Jeff Jarrett who just haven't done anything. It's it's, it's almost like a WWE Nick Khan hiring Jimmy Horowitz. Like there was no reason in the world to hire that guy other than he was your client. There was no reason in the world to hire Jeff Jarrett other than he has been in the industry
0: forever.
1: Yeah, and, and I think he's you know ultimately been a, a negative force on the industry, so I found it odd that he was hired. But nevertheless, Mike, I was asking you about Shun Skywalker and Zebrats. Has there ever been a wrestler that you think has impacted both the present day <laughs> and the legacy of a unit, one specific wrestler to one specific unit, the way that yeah. Shun has Zebrats? Do you have any thoughts on that?
2: I think it's interesting because like we went through such periods of kind of closed doors, open doors that I feel like that there were people that there were that if they were not around in said unit would have had that similar effect. We just never experienced it. You okay. know? Yeah. Like I would say that late second era, Matt Blanky, if Yamato was not around or Doi were not around, like it does not feel like Matt Blanky in the way. And it did. And the promotion felt kind of like that, but like modernly, I don't know. It's kind of tough to think of one.
1: Yeah, I, that's. I mean, my, my mind went to this. Is such an odd comparison, but I really thought about like Arakan and Deep Drunkers. You know, that was the one where it's like, okay, well, this was th- this was a legacy uh, defining unit both for him and for the unit. I'm not even sure it's a one to one comparison, but it's just where my mind jumped. I don't know if we've ever experienced something like this where it, you know the entertainment factor of a unit is decided by one guy because Shun can elevate, you know, the all caps crew, you know, Hyo, Ishin, and Kai. But if Shun's not there, it's just uninspired. And he was back, and luckily he was back because it's yet another great Zebrats natural vibes match. You know, we talked uh, many years ago about Masquerade versus RED and the hypothetical comp DVD we could make. I think we could have that same conversation about Zebrats and natural vibes now.
2: Yeah, and I would say that at least this comp disc, we'd have some variety because we'd have that Dangerous Gate no DQ match. You would have the different versions of natural vibes throughout the years.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a good point.
2: Yeah, it, it it's something like I think that Deep Drunkers comp really is apt because for those who don't know Deep Drunkers 2009, it was something where when or Arai kind of got hurt and Fell out a little bit. The person they plugged back into that slot was Takuya Sugawara, and the unit completely bombed. And I i would not say that a Ishin kind of led Zebrats was bombing, just was not as interested as it was with Shun back into the picture. In case that's Corkin, And I think that that was probably, with the exception maybe with the King of Gate finals one, probably one of the strongest Corkins they've had at least like in the last four or five months
1: yeah i would agree this is a super fun show that i i would recommend watching from start to finish i think outside of match two which even that was pretty short this whole show is worth your time it's it's really enjoyable i had two notebook matches one four and a half and uh one four and a quarter in the main event and the semi main i went three and three quarters on the opener and mike was even higher than me so this is a very good show
0: yeah
2: you average out our rankings i had three uh, four-star matches the opener the semi and the main it's well worth going out of your way for jay and Ho Ho and jason and uh, yoshiki kato was on commentary briefly too that's right yeah uh, yeah yeah kato I, I i i fell for him there because he was i i don't know if he ever like had that kind of like experience of, like jay's going to like walk you through it buddy and i just kind of wanted to say like buddy it's okay jay's got you here during that Yeah,
1: i think i think kato did a show like right when he debuted but he hasn't been on commentary in a very long time as I've, he couldn't see for a while so it makes sense but it was kind of fun to have him back in the booth
2: yep and then uh, dragon gate moved on we've talked about Yokosuka the uh, weekend show with uh, suwa in the crowd there that was one that had uh the decourage amato kondo pt opener louise versus jfk and the two out of three falls uh veterans uh trios match for susumu mochizuki's uh 25th anniversary but the big show this week was gate of origin and we talked about the a little bit about this show so far but i feel like we need to have a bigger talk about gate of origin case before we get into kind of what the brave gate match from here
1: yes yes you have the floor
2: so gate of origin launching only a few years ago was initially viewed as this outpost to build up Dragon Gate. We talked, uh, I think it was two years ago, about the Tohoku area and Dragon Gate's attempt to really find a part of Japan that is a little underserved and that Dragon Gate had links there, at least at that time, uh, people throughout that region that were from Tohoku that they could base things around around Dragon Gate's model of really hometown shows piecing around around where they do TV there. And we had and a couple years later, we have this gate of origin show. It was on Monday from Sun Sendai Sendai Sun Festa. And I feel like uh, we need to have the talk that gate of origin is not what they anticipated for it to be case. Okay, so I came out of the show feeling like that this was pre network versions of uh, Memorial Gate from Wakayama. That's what the show felt like to
1: Which, I mean, how would you describe that? Which is uninspired and and largely skippable?
2: Uninspired, largely skippable. I have questions about if this is a... uh, Dragon Gate took the show upon themselves or if this was a bot show, honestly, because that was the thing about Wakayama. Wakayama was bought by the uh, TV network, uh, the uh, Geora parent company affiliate there, where it was basically a local show that would have one or two, like, big but in quotation mark big match is usually a brave or a twin and triangle gate match and it would just be for local fans and then for the local tv market and eventually it would come out on dvd there would be some matches there over the years that would be like dang wish we had this match or this was on the network but by and large when you took memorial gate pre dragon gate network by it it was it was basically the lowest named show and
1: that was the energy i got from gate of origin yeah, it's not a bad show. I, I don't I don't want to get my words twisted or give people the impression that this was like this terrible show. I I I made the executive decision to not do a written review for this over at VoicesWrestling.com, even though I was planning to, because I thought, well, there wasn't a great match. Nothing huge happened, even though there was a title change. Uh It's one of those I could take a few hours and write about it or I could take 10 minutes and talk about it. And for this specific show, I am going to choose option B we're going to have this conversation where, you know, you asked me the question earlier this week and it stumped me. Has there ever been a great match on one of these shows? And that is sort of a harder question. Like it's not an immediate yes. In fact, the answer might be no.
2: Yeah, and I would say until Dragon Gate Network or the DVD versions of Gate of or of Memorial Gate were put out, we didn't really have that as well. I look at my, uh, I look at my notes for the showcase, and I don't have anything under what I would call average. I don't. I've watched a lot of wrestling over the last forty eight hours, and I don't think that this was any worse than uh, Destruction and Rhea Goku. I don't know if it's necessarily that much better high end wise but it it was a fine show but it is something that at least within the dragon gate model where you have these tentpole shows that have always been tentpole shows it's been the big five for 15 years and that when they try to introduce shows like gate of origin or memorial gate takes a while to kind of suss them out and i feel like at this point we have the track record that this gate of origin show is not going to be this uh next big show it's not going to become the next tentpole. i think that's better chance that yokohama gate of bayside has that now because at least yokohama gate of bayside i look at that in january and i go like well you still have kai strong machine j as hometowns it's yokohama dragon gates one of the only few companies not to run a big show in yokohama gate of origin like you could just have this what it was where i don't think this was actually in uh, the sunday sun festa this year also no
1: no they, they they down they downsized the building this is where they did the food homecoming show in june you know it's the same same setup there so you're i mean i think drangy thinks the way you're you're thinking i don't think they have to put a ton of effort into this and you know oddly enough because he's in the news this week we talked two years ago about how like oh my god they have takuma fujiwara who's from this part of the country and they have yamato they're set to really do some business here and they don't have Fujiwara, and, and you know, it loses its luster pretty quick,
2: yeah. And instead, we have this show where they made sure that Fuda was a major part of it. He comes out in the opener, he seconds KZ in the Bravegate match, plays into the finish of it. But you also have the idea that Yamato from nearby Owate Prefecture, not the prefecture that Sendai's in, but close to it, is in the main event. So you kind of have dialed that back, and I think that that kind of is the route to go with that? Uh, uh, rather than going match by match on this, where we're basically like, it was fine, it was serviceable, it was okay. Uh, l- l- let's pick our big moments from this. We've already talked about Kato in the singles series. We talked about Luis Monte. Uh, we actually kind of talked about everything but the Bravegate match, okay? So, Ishin versus KZ. KZ wins on an impact after Ishin was distracted and kicked by Fuda uh now we have a new open the brave gate champion kz makes the step down that has become kind of a little bit of a plot point and we have an immediate rematch coming this weekend in kobe
1: yeah i I, i'm a little surprised by this title change just because of the way that ishan's victory was built up although i think it's a real possibility he wins it back uh just this weekend I thought this was a very good match, not a great match. Very physical, the the sort of thing you would expect from these guys. I do think it was a step in the right direction for Ishan. I like the way that he presented himself here. I just didn't think the match got to that level where I can say, "Oh, you have to go out of your way to watch this."
2: Yeah, no. Ishan comes out of this looking like he just got tripped up because Fuda was there. Honestly, it's something where you look, you take the match, and Ishan. I would say. 85 maybe 70% of the match he controlled. It was just over 15 minutes. And I would say that if you're waiting it on momentum, Eshan had momentum at least two-thirds of it. And with it coming out of it, you have KZ who is there in a lot of ways to be the just incredible seller, be the guy that looks like death. Because Ishan brought it to him, and I think that as you're saying, he comes out looking better in this that the big thing that kind of really started calling out to me so uh l- let's talk about this here during that injury report that we talked about a little bit ago we skipped over Riafuda. it was announced that Riafuda has at least two dislocated fingers and surgery seems like it's in the often he was at corquin and at uh sendai with his arm in a sling and in, and in bandages he's involved in the finish here he was very, very omnipresent on this. Uh, the big thing about being set up in Kobe is that there will be no Fuda around on this. Uh, do we think that this might be a swerve injury at this point? Like, I feel like that the the question invites itself at this point that we have to acknowledge it that the potential of this at the very least.
1: So I think we're at a point now where it's maybe not a swerve injury, but that an injury has inspired a creative change. Uh, My thought, uh, you know, it was tough. I was going back and forth with this, and I I I sort of put out a joking tweet on the open the voice gate account about how, you know, if if food returns, you and I are are having this, you know, writing this tweet down to say we told you so. It's not a it's not a work injury because they announced a match and then had to take away a match, and it was a match that meant something, and it was in his hometown, so uh, there there's legitimacy to the injury. Do I think that this now presents an opportunity to where? kz can eat a faceful of cast from ria fuda and for the first time in his two-year career he has something interesting to do yes i do and that is the route that i would like to see them explore
2: and if and if it's something where last week we had heo getting uh g- having crossfire of zebrats now we have the potential of fuda somehow with Ishin here like that that's kind of where i'm coming to i'm, I'm not convinced that that's going to be the case i'm not calling a shot but we It is something that for the record, I feel like that we, we have to acknowledge it here. So if it happens, we say, like, yeah, we, we thought that was a possibility. I think there with that and with the people that need to turn face out of ZBrats, we might be looking at a point where ZBrats is going to turn uh, two next year. I wouldn't be surprised if if we're starting to transition out of ZBrats into something else.
1: Well, you got to remember the other thing about this is, and and I've noted this a number of times on the podcast, outside of the ring, Diamante and Hyo are very, very tight. Hyo has sort of been the guy that since Diamante moved to Japan, Hyo has been the one to take care of him. They hang out, they go around the country together, they go to shows together, you know, they, they've been in the same unit the entire time. And I have said since the advent of the Diamante face turn, we have to be aware that there's a good chance Hyo is joining him because not only are they super tight, but Hyo is in desperate need of a babyface turn. I always say you got to turn him face just so you can turn him heel again, but you got to turn him face first. Right. So yeah. you're 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 in this position now where you can turn Fuda, all caps Fuda. There you go, not hard. And then you can turn Hyo, and then we're one guy away from a triangle gate team, and we're off to the races towards the end of the year. I I think that's a very likely chance that happens.
2: Yeah, and I think it's something for Fuda like we've been. I mean, Case, you probably have been his number one champion here. This is the step we want to see him take. Like This is exactly from someone six months ago where I felt like that I was kind of and sometimes need to put the air out of the balloon a little bit about Fuda. Now, all the propellant is there for him. And it's something where even if like this kind of thing where Who's to say, like, he's not going to try to work in this? I don't I I, we don't necessarily know that. But it's a lot of interesting kind of possibilities up ahead, even if it is something where he's injured in this coming back as a heel is a possibility now after the surgery.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm excited for him. I'm heartbroken for him because this was going to be his opportunity to shine. I think he had a real chance to have a breakout match on this show. That doesn't happen, but like we said, perhaps a chance to inspire something down the road.
2: Absolutely, and that was Gate of Origin from Sendai. Can it I can I bring a- up
1: Can I bring up one other thing real quick? Oh, absolutely. So Jay had this tweet, DG underscore Jay, and I, I I don't know. It just it, it it hit me, and now's the time to talk about it because he was in the main event of Gate of Origin. Jay pointed out a few days ago. He goes, Dragon Kid at age forty seven just did five main events in five days, including two title matches, one of them a three-way trios, an interpromotional dream tag, which was great, and a two out of three falls anniversary match where he wore his gear from 20 years ago and it didn't look out of place. The answer to this question is not predicated on, is this a realistic chance of happening? But you and I know, we know what's up. In the same way that, you know, Masaki Mochizuki is another person who you know, to to lead into the question, he'll never be in the Observer Hall of Fame, but I want Chizuki on the ballot just to vote for him. Should Dragon Kid be on the Wrestling Observer Newsletter Hall of Fame ballot? Yes, he, uh, it it is something
2: where, on top of everything, uh, as someone who at this time does not have a ballot, uh, but does have an interest in accurate representation of pro wrestling here, I think that we are entering a scenario where more often than not, uh, there might be one Dragon System member of the Hall of Fame. And it's probably going to be Shingo Takagi as we just have a home run from Adolis Garcia making it 6-0 Texas Rangers bottom second. Wow. But, uh, it's, it is something where I think that there are a lot of people who, just because of who Dave talks to, as we've experienced in the last 15 months, who he doesn't talk to, that aren't getting full up and down shots. And I think Dragon Kid, especially for all of you Joshi fans, and I know we like to poke fun like this. If you want to talk about outside of Joshi wrestling, that genre, who is the most influential modern wrestler for that style, it is Dragon Kid. And that alone, I think we are talking influence. We're talking about someone who had back-to-back years as a wrestling observer, move of the year 24 years ago. And... And that's not on top of his legacy, his his match his match catalog. There, I think I'm talking myself into that. I think that he's a no doubter Hall of Famer, and that the, and that any wrestling Hall of Fame that does not have him in it is one lesser. Frankly, well,
1: yeah, it's just he's been a relevant wrestler in the scope of mainstream wrestling for 25 years now. Because they, again, you go back to the move, you know, the the Dragon Rana that you know, certainly sold a hell of a lot of bootleg Torium on tapes back in the day and inspired a lot of people. He's the focal point of the blood generation versus do fixer uh, six man tag from Supercard of Honor. He's never been a main eventer, but he's consistently been not the one a star, but the one B star in this company for 25 years now And you more so than anybody other than the wrestlers themselves can speak to the influence that he's had uh you know particularly in the joshi scene but also i mean mike how many stories do we hear of i went to this dragon gate show and i saw dragon kid and now i'm in the dragon gate dojo that is the story of dragon Daya, among others it just seems like at some point he has to be rewarded for that in a in a large scale sense
2: and if we want to uh further that point out case i think that you will look at wrestlers. And I think we're actually right now at this time, because I know I, 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 you talked to them too, that there are wrestlers right now who openly say like, oh, I went to a show that either was like a Dragon Gate UK show or a DG USA show and I because I wanted to see Dragon Gate because I saw the clips of him online. And that got me into wrestling. It's not just one genre or one aspect of the scene. It is someone that, I mean, he was on WCW Monday Nitro. He and, and, and it's almost a shame that he was on it in his worst form in that way. But it, it, it is something where, like, just to get to my overall point, I think that there is a school of Dragon System wrestlers that deserve an up and down vote. And if you are going to be a Hall of Fame that has a Japan category, there is a reality that if you even are someone who is negatively saying it towards the Dragon System or a S, that it, it is now the style that it dominates wrestling. It is the style that if you watch, turn on TV right now as we're recording and watch WWNXC or AEW Dynamite title Tuesday, it's not a evolution of territorial style. It's not NWA Crockett style. It's not WWF main event style, Bruno Sammartino versus what other heel that they have brought into Madison Square Garden. It's it's West. And the person that more often than not I hear has like inspired people coming out of that style is Dragon Kid. And if you're going to have a Hall of Fame that's supposed to have Japanese pro wrestling and you don't have the person who probably is the greatest example of the predominant wrestling style in the world today, then your Hall of Fame is complete uh, failure.
1: Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of with you.
2: But... <laughs> I did not anticipate me uh, basically saying that I w- that that Dragon Kid means a, f- a Hall of Fame is forfeit or not. But I, I, look,
1: I knew we'd, I knew we'd get there eventually. You do the show yeah. long enough.
2: Yeah, you do the show long enough, and you get into October, and I'm going to have to say some things like that. I'm I'm just going to uh, that. Uh, I I want to touch on Booyah for a second. Did you? Yeah, yeah,
1: please. it. Yeah, no, I watched the entire show. I loved it.
2: So, Buoyaden was before Corkwin on Thursday. Uh, what do you think of this trios match? This uh, rookies versus veteran. Or these rookies versus rookies. Dragon Gate Future versus Noah Art. I came away with this match uh, just so I have the names correct. Of the Noah guys, Kai Fujimura, Taishi Ozawa, and Yu Awata versus Mochizuki Jr., Ryoya Tanaka, and Yoshiki Kato. It was a 15-minute time limit draw. I want them to run this this match across both these promotions on Monday Magic on Primes on wherever you have for like the next 6 months cuz I think there's something there between these six guys.
1: Oh god yeah. I mean there, this was awesome. This was, I went 4 stars on this cuz it was a 20 minute showcase primarily for Mochizuki Jr. and then you just had five other really good young boys in there. This is my kind of wrestling. Tanaka
2: has made that step case. She has. This was the thing where we could see if he could scrap with that. Uh, other stuff on the show, uh, Kakatora stepped in for Ryo Fuda, the team with Akaru Sato, to defeat Punch Tomonaga and Ryo Kawamura. It was a KO spot punch, went for a headbutt from Sato. Sato rocked him. He was out. Uh, Gate Kikataro loses to Lingerie Muto after both of them go down with Bum Knees, uh, and it's a title switch because this is a title done by fan acclaim uh we have the tag team match uh noah versus dragon gate masakita and takashi Sugiyara versus don fuji and yamato one day don fuji yamato will get their act together and then the main event the uh the 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 uh, match that jay was alluding to dragon kid and masato tanaka of zero one defeat fujita junior hayato michinoku pro and Masaki mochizuki it It might be my favorite two hours of pro wrestling every three months. uh, That's the
1: thing. This show in particular, this was the best of the three they've done this year. You can watch the show in probably 90 minutes. I mean, it flew by. Everything was good. The rookies trios match was great. And the the main event. It was awesome. You know, it's another great match for Fujita Hayato. He's one of the 50 best wrestlers in the world this year. And just what a special pairing, you know, Dragon Kid and Tanaka versus Hayato and Mochizuki. It was it was what you would want it to be. It was everything you would think it would be. The chemistry be, between Hayato and Dragon Kid was awesome. Mochizuki and Tanaka have wrestled before it. It was awesome. Then it's been awesome. Now this it was a this was an awesome show.
2: And like that match, uh, Dragon Kid is basically selling his ass off. And it's a different match for Dragon Kid that he had for the rest of the weekend, where in the Triangle Gate matches, he never necessarily was the focal point. It was always punch. He was kind of the star of the first fall of the two out of three falls match, but it very much became a Susumu match because it was about Susumu's anniversary they were celebrating. But this one I felt like was his best performance of the weekend, especially Hayato and Mochizuki just deciding that hey Mochizuki is this great striker, but he is one of the smartest wrestlers who ever live, and he's teaming with who I think someone who might have the uh, Dragon System, not Dragon Gate, Dragon System most outstanding claim in Hayato, and I thought it was magic. I thought it was great stuff. Uh,
1: Hayato has just been so awesome this year. You know the stuff that he's done on these shows, the the match versus Yamato, and then the the times he's popped up on tape elsewhere. What a pleasure! You know that this guy, this guy, uh, there, there's a, there's a, there's a very real chance he, we could have lost him you know, a few years ago. Oh, yeah. For him to be such a high level wrestler again, I, Jay mentioned it. I think during the Yamato match. That's just we, we don't talk about his story enough. It, it's one of those deals that for some reason wasn't aggregated and wasn't talked about by the right people. It's just an incredible story. And if he was wrestling you know, five-minute exhibition matches, it would be incredible. He's wrestling 15-minute main events, and he's amazing in them. It's just so good to see.
2: Yeah, and I would say that he's had the best UWF-style match of the year as well versus Ito. Like, he's someone that has just... We don't talk about enough, and it's something that, like, you talk about the aggregators. I immediately went, like, you know, all of, like, the, the really, like, this is Japanese wrestling things. Like, talk about... Fujita Jr. Hayato, someone who has like a fascinating life story, even before talking about his first five, his last five years, you know, like yeah. his dad has, his dad is someone with cerebral palsy, like able to like, le- to lead like the only that I know, a wrestling promotion, uh, featuring people with disabilities in it in a prominent role, like it, it like growing up with that becoming like a great uh, freestyle wrestler training training with kid Yamamoto, Yamamoto, he is one of the, like the He's one of, like, the 25 most fascinating wrestlers alive. Easily.
1: I agree, and he was great here.
2: Speaking about UWF rules, and speaking about... I, I, I did... I was seeing if you noticed what, what I laid down there with the Dragon System versus Dragon Gate thing. Uh-huh. It was not the only part of the Dragon System who had a show yesterday, Case, as Glate Verge Extra came to Corquin Hall, it was... The return of SBK and Takuma to Japan for the for uh, for both of them at their first match in Japan at least for SB since uh, last July. Uh, Taku came back at uh, Gate of Destiny last year, right?
1: Yes, and then worked the Dragon Gate Noah show.
2: That's right. So their first match against L Lindemann and uh, Hayato Tomura main eventing this late show. Uh, yeah uh it, it's uh how do we talk about glate at, uh, at this point case
1: well i think we mentioned 729 fans in the building
2: yeah and look and, very- and i mean
1: you know I, it just it, it's interesting like gate of origin they shot it in such a dumb way because the hard cam there's like three rows of chairs and then the entrance and you go oh my god nobody's there and then you see the other side of the ring and it looks like there's about 30 rows of chairs. They're just it just row after row after row. And you go, oh, no, that's actually put some people in this building. This is one of those deals where the hard cam, it looked decent enough for for Gleet. And then you see the orange seats and you just realize that that nobody's there, that nobody cares about this promotion. There's no stars in this promotion, even You know, it's supposed to be Kaito Ishida versus Flamita. Flamita uh, broke something. I don't know if it was his nose or his hand or whatever he broke. So they do Kaito Ishida versus X. X turns out to be Shima. Credit where credit's due. I thought they did a clever video of Flamita handing his mask to Shima, who was off camera. And then Shima comes out and, you know, gets the, uh, the surprise entrance. I was expecting when Shima came out, you know, the, oh my God, you know, this is our guy pop. And that didn't even happen. I mean, Shima was over, but he wasn't... I it, it wasn't like, here's our hero. You know, here's the guy that pays the bills. It was just, he was, you know, a more over-wrestler on a show without a bunch of over-wrestlers on it. So you have Shima versus Ishida, which I thought was a fine match. And then... Three Lineman and a half Yeah, you know, it was whatever. And then, yeah. you know, Lineman and Hayato... Uh, versus SB Kento and Takuma, and I guess I can get your thoughts on this mat- match right now. 18 minutes and four seconds. Lindemann and Tamora go over in the finish. What did you What did you think of it from an in-ring perspective? Before we talk about the other factors, what do you think of it just from bell to bell?
2: So, uh, I, I'm going to put all my cards on the table when, when talking about these guys. Case, you keep up with these two, especially their, their work in Mexico, a lot better than I do. I... Mm-hmm. When it's pointed out, something, and it, it's you and others, like, Mike, uh, the, there's this thing over there. Just the people, like, you you need to catch check this out. And I, I, of course, watch it. We talked about their Riot Lucha match a couple months back. But and day in, day out, I have not necessarily been like that. But in-ring-wise, I felt like a massive regression from them, especially from Takuma. Did you... Okay, like interesting. That I, 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 felt, I
1: felt the opposite. I felt really. I Well, I not that they got better. I felt regression from Kento. I thought he was so unremarkable and so just a guy when his whole entire thing since his literal debut match was that he had this unique charisma and that he always stood out from the pack. He stood out amongst his peers. Th- he came in here. He had bad gear. He had a bad haircut. He had a bad dye job. And I thought Kento was completely interchangeable with any of the other interchangeable Gleet members.
2: The only thing that I have down as a note for Kento in this match, because you're absolutely right. Like, I, Although I felt like that, that Takuma was sloppy in here. Kento, the only note I have for him doing is he did a, a, a corner drop kick in his first move in the match. Did the Yamato uh, hair appeal. And that was it. That's the only thing I had it and. After the hair appeal, I just really was like, man, you some choices were made oh. in this match and some choices were made oh, over the last man. few months. I, I, look, I, I, uh... that, that 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 was something that at like while covering this thing, like, I guess over the last few months, like holding out for them. And I still do, of course, like I it, it, it is something in a situation that circumstances dictated things to play out this way and decisions were made but i come out of this like decisions being made in this very match make me think less of people you know like, like that was the thing i was i came away with that like actually kind of like a bitter taste in my mouth towards spk in a way i was like you didn't need to do that and that,
1: that's just me though no i i mean that's the entire thing you know I, these these are my two guys anybody that's listened to the podcast the last two years knows I mean, I, I said Kento and Takuma would be a Kobe World Main Event one day. I think the world of these guys, but I think objectively, watching these two in this promotion, they lose their luster. They lose what's special because you go, what's, okay, what's next? They wrestle T-Hawk and Lindemann and maybe they win. And then, and then, and then what, you know, what do they do? At least in Mexico, when they were independent, you know, post-Drangate, them getting fired from Drangate, when they were just in Mexico, it was kind of like, okay, this sucks, but they can still be interesting. You know, they can still try to find their way in Mexico doing, a, you know, an invader storyline after getting fired from the promotion's rival, not, you know, they, they didn't leave, they didn't secure the bag and go to Gleet. They they fucked around and found out, and Dragon Gate had no choice but to fire their two biggest prospects, which they desperately did not want to do, but Kento and Takuma gave them no other option because they were too dumb to handle themselves in Mexico. Now they're here, and I, I was just—I was so shocked— at how small, not obviously in terms of the stature, I although mean, they are shorter guys, but just how small they came across. Whereas Kento in particular in Dragon Gate, I mean, he always, to me, he just, he looked like the next Doyer Yamato. And here he's just a guy. I mean, you know, he could, it, it was just, it was so disappointing. I mean, the, the one thing that I was reminded of, and this is where we differ is, I did watch this match and just go, uh, Takuma's such an athlete. It, it's just, it makes me sick to my stomach that now, you know, he'll probably never be back in the promotion where he would shine brightest. I, you know, I don't know if Michinoku Pro, his hometown promotion, whatever, consider doing dates with him. I would like to see that. I don't know where these guys go because, yes, they were fired from Dragon Gate. And as we talked about a few months back, you know, this is before they showed up in Gleet. It was it was a deal where they, they every party needed some time apart. You know, they, they had to go Dragon Gate and no other choice but it was kind of one of those, you know, let's let's go see other people and then let's reevaluate our relationship. That is the vibe that we got from it. And then it's like Kento and Takuma, it would be like going out and fucking your best friend. It's like, well, now we can't get together. you know the, you you have have proven to be too dumb for this relationship to work, even though we're no longer in a relationship. And so I don't know where you go from here. You know they did seven hundred fans to this show that was not only their return. I mean, this show was built around Kento and Takuma. Kento's first match in Japan in over a year, but you also have T-Hawk versus Suji Ishikawa, and you do 729 fans. That is a horrific number, no matter the economy in Cork and Hall, no matter the economy of the wrestling industry in Japan. 729 fans is what Dragon Gate was doing when Takuma Fujiwara was working their shows, and this was pandemic-restricted, you know, business is not going well, but hey, Dragon Gate can put in 700 fans at Cork and Hall. Uh, th- that's good news for them. They were doing that two years ago. This is an embarrassment of a number and it's promotion that I think more people are starting to see uh, what I've been saying for quite a long time, which is just what what is it? What purpose does it serve? You know, Kento and Takuma lose here, which did not surprise me. That is classic Shima booking to bring in a team and then immediately have them lose and build them back up. You got to remember, Mad Blanky lost their first match in history and they lost it to Shima, Sanshiro Takagi and Takamichinoku. This is just what Shima does. But you and I were talking off the air. OK, so what's next? You know, I, I think they're going to be back. What do they wrestle? Hartley Jackson and Katara Suzuki in front of 400 people? You know, we talked when they debuted the medium sized building in Nagoya is undergoing renovations next year. They can't even draw a hometown crowd with Kento by the time next year rolls around. I don't know what they're doing here. Yeah,
2: so I I, I want to go in a couple of ways. Uh, First off, uh, at least like the economy of how to run pro wrestling and what makes money has changed over the last five years. I think that that's patently apparent to see. I do remember, though, speaking with someone a couple of years ago, like before COVID, about attendances. And the thing that they said for like for when I was like talking about Cork Win Hall with them was, you know, 800 is kind of the break even if you're at a nighttime show because they charge different for noon, afternoons, nighttime. It's about like that. I don't know how much like prices have changed with this and how though everything has changed within uh, Cork Wind Hall, but. That's under 800 and at least back before that would have been seen as a losing show like and that's before the idea of okay SB and Taku that's two plane flights uh, you have uh, also on the show this so something worth noting is they're not flying in uh, BGI every time anymore which is I think notable and you you kind of like look around at a show and at a company where, basically up and down with the exception of uh Ishida and Shima you have uh Glate versus Outsiders and it's not adding anything to it it's not doing anything and to to, to go back towards SB and Taku about this like overwhelmingly like and, and it's something that like ultimately that I am sympathetic towards them and I feel like it is something like with the way it is, like I constantly have to like remind people when talking about them and, uh, and about the scenario that we're dealing with, with, with essentially two guys who are essentially United States college age guys. And with this and like all everything of this, I keep on going back to God. That's an immature thing. God, that is like such a childish action or something like that. And that's kind of like how I feel like this all kind of played out to be because now it's, yeah, they have to go wrestle Kataro Suzuki and uh, Keiichi Sato, or uh, Masato Kamino and uh, what's his name Kadama. Like, there's this. It, it is something that, like, you look at how this is. This is a promotion that does not draw, does not draw with outsiders. Is only drawed when they brought in people from bigger outside companies with their own fan bases. And, yeah,
1: yeah. To, to to be clear, not to cut you off, but just real quick. Their best Corkin number was a year ago on this show. It was just over a thousand fans and it was a debut and June Kasai in the main event. And we all went around the room and said, that is a good number. Good for them. And now they are not even close to that.
2: Right. So at a certain point, I just have to look at this and is this short term decision going to be worth it for them in the end? And at least from how things are looking and no one when you talk to people, Case, does anyone have any sort of optimism towards Gleat's future down the road? No, no one does. So it's completely a short-sighted decision.
1: No, I don't know. I, I don't know what they do. I mean, the, the thing that I started thinking about this week was, if you're Kaito Ishida, what what are you thinking right now? Because you've now been in Gleet for a year, and I, I'm fascinated with this stat. I don't know if anybody else is. In the last year, meaning October through October, Ashita has wrestled a total of 37 times for Gleet and All Japan. Those are the only two promotions he works. Last year, he wrestled in Gate from January through June, and he wrestled 71 matches in that time period. This guy doesn't wrestle anymore. He's not relevant anymore. Gleet had something when he debuted. I look, I put the company over a year ago. I was like, "My god, they rated Ashita and it worked. Now again, I, you know, I I won't get into it, but uh, it, they rated Ishida, and it worked. He came across like a star, and then they ran that November and show and turned him heel. And it was a lot like Minora's, uh Dreamgate debacle last year. You were just left with this uneasy feeling. You went, mm, "That wasn't that wasn't right. That that doesn't make me excited." And they've never they've never recovered from that. And, and now again, you know. Just I mean, tell me, I mean, Mike, if you're if you have the pencil, if you're given Gleet's booking, what's your you, you get SP Kento and Takuma, let's say Tokyo Dome City Hall at the end of the year. What do you do with them?
2: I do. I have to book them as if the show yesterday happened. Yes, that's the problem, because like you can't like like you can't have them around the Infinity Division because you don't have enough shows to build them up there to like do that. And do you want to go invader to invader off the sato ones you don't want to do that so like they don't have that much value as a tag team to this promotion like that's that's the wild thing they've completely killed their their value in one night because the the best thing to do with them is to split them up and have them in singles matches right like i think honestly i think you would do like sb taku series one sbk versus linda uh series two takuma versus shima those that, that those are the most interesting thing for those two and that's not the best thing long term for for Glate to do that like the best thing long term for Glate to do is to stop booking around shima's whims and stop hiring ex-dragon gate guys and focus on your homegrowns
1: i wouldn't be surprised if they do sb versus taco in a singles match that just se- doesn't that just seem like it's very possible yeah and that's like even worse yeah because then it's cold like who who gives a shit you know i don't even want to see that
2: yeah and like i was operating at least part of like this is my own personal belief i think i spoke i, I spoke to case about this off air the, the the first thing that it reeked to me when they came into and they invaded was oh i wonder if uh sb sponsors basically said we're not paying for you to hang out in mexico anymore yes and that was something you notice he did not come out with any sponsors on his gear he came out in all white gear that looked awful mm-hmm. and uh makes me wonder
1: I I am uh, awaiting a response on uh, a similar question to the thing you just raised. I, I don't uh, I don't know at this time. I don't have an answer, but I, I'm awaiting. Uh, I was I was kind of hoping to see if uh, something was going to trickle into my inbox here as we were recording. I don't think it's going to happen, but yeah. Look, it wasn't it wasn't a great debut. You you brought up something interesting to me off the air when we were talking about this earlier this week. That okay, they got a Sheeta and they got. Kento and Takuma and they haven't been able to get Ata, and they and more importantly haven't been able to get Doi. And I raise the point to you that if Gleet was able to coerce Doi into leaving what seems like a cushy deal with Dragon Gate so that they could do him and Yoshino as a tag team one more time, one, does that cork and hall show crack a thousand fans in two? And I have no idea what his rate is. And I have no idea what Gleed is paying guys. Although I assume it's not well because most of them are not full-time wrestlers. You have to pay doy X amount of money to then I would assume lose money on a speed muscle reunion. Like, they, I just don't know where this promotion goes. They have so much talent, none of them are over. I always say it's the first one sided war in wrestling. Glee wants to put Dragon Gate out of business, Dragon Gate just wants to ignore them. They have nobody they want, and Ishida is not going to be welcomed back. So I don't know. Like, it's, just, I just don't know what this promotion is.
2: Yeah. And the, you left out one part of the conversation that I, I think something we need to acknowledge about is that you have Ishida, someone who was becoming a star, I would say. You have T-Hawk, who never, bec- who never became the star they wanted him to be. L. Lindemann, who I think we all acknowledge that's a miss, but we all well, knew that Look, He
1: was a mid-card guy in Drag 8, and I've, I've said since the start, the, 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 the absolute, object, undeniable positive of Gleet is L. became a star, and he became the star that I thought he could be, at least in terms of presentation.
2: Right. So, you had El Lineman, Yamamura, which we have not talked about Takahiro oh, I'd, Yamamura. I'd, I'd, I don't want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'll, although, I'm pulling for Issei in that, by the way. I know he's going to lose, but I'm pulling for what, Issei in that. What's the
1: match they're doing? So, this so, is at Tokyo Dome City Hall. What, what are they doing?
2: So, after the, uh, after the Ishida match, uh, Ishida calls out Takahiro Yamamura, who last month announced that his return will be at Tokyo Dome City Hall at the end of the year. And because of Ishida and Yamamura being partners since 2014, Ishida is like, I would like to be your return opponent. I'm the person who you're obviously closest with. So you should have the match with. Isaiah Onizuka comes flying in here and takes out Ishida and, and essentially says, fuck you, dude. I've known him since high school. And now we're getting uh, Isaiah onazuka versus uh, Kaito Ishida to see who gets the right to. Uh, helped uh takahiro yamamura in his debut in his return his second return
1: god what a what a waste of time yeah i mean look, uh, but a, like, sh- the, so- that's the
2: greater point I, I was trying to make there is like they have all these people here who who aren't stars when they weren't able to get eta or doi when they went freelance that's just the, the gig was up with glate then i
1: really. mean here, here's the startling thing is they're gonna put yamamura you know, I'm sure the brains there are going, well, okay, Tokyo Dome City Hall, Yamamura is returning. That's that's a, a bankable match. People are going to buy tickets for that. Are His, they? It, well, that's my thing. His first injury was in October of 2017. It was maximum versus overgeneration. That's where he got hurt. Main event of this show, this was a it was Akata Star Lanes, which should put it into perspective anyway. Main event of this show was Shingo T-Hawk and Yoshida Versus the Jimmys. Jimmy Kondo, Susumu, and Masaki Mochizuki. That's how long ago it was that Yamamura got hurt the first time. And then he came back and he worked four matches for Wrestle 1 in 2019. And it was April of 2019. And again, Wrestle 1, just to put things into perspective, that is the last time that he wrestled. And even that was four years ago. You have to be either Takahiro Yamamura is what got you into wrestling and what got you out of wrestling to buy a ticket, or you are already involved because you're either a Shima guy or an Ishida guy or this weird perverted overgeneration guy and Glee would hypothetically already have your attention that way.
2: Yeah. Like that's the thing. Like, are they trying to get like Yamamura's friends he DJ'd with to buy tickets? I don't think you need to go that far to make that happen. Probably say, Hey, Yamamura, if you want to perform here, we need you to sell some tickets. You know,
1: it's just bizarre. Yeah. It, 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 look, I I'll, I'll give the spiel a few more times. I apologize. You know, you, I, I don't, I don't feel right about him wrestling. He's lucky to be alive. And I also just don't think he means anything to the scope of this promotion. You know, it's just, it's bizarre.
2: Yeah. And it's something where like, Again, when you look at this uh, Cold War, because that's what this essentially is. It's a Cold War being fought on one side. If they were actually going to have anything that was going to try to compete and put Dragon Gate out of business, which seems to be the idea, they did not uh, they did not seize the opportunity when they could have. And that tells me a lot about them in retrospect.
1: Well, look at this show on the 9th. If you're, if you're in the Dragon Gate office... And Mr. Leck gives you a call and says, you know what, I am I am sick of these people dicking around with you. I don't like the way they've come into the in, into Japan and manipulated with the ecosystem. I got a blank check. You can get one guy from Gleet. Who do you want? There's talented guys in the promotion. You know, you and I would both love to get our hands on Shek Shimitani, but is there one guy that if you're in the the, uh, the, the Drangate office, you're going, oh, man, they're going to be shaking in their boots when we get him. I mean, you got to remember, Soma Watanabe and Tetsuya Izuki, they lost a UWF tag match to Matsukata Funaki on this show. So it can't be them. They are more relevant than ever.
2: I mean, there's one person that they've kind of mistreated when he was a star elsewhere or was a budding star elsewhere. And someone that I think, like, has shown that has, like, picked up at least the Shima-style uh, lucha Ress, and that's Hayata Tamora. That's the person you get, like, because that's their only true homegrown star. Like, we loved, we true, love and tomorrow
1: and, and, and is the biggest star in that promotion.
2: Yeah. Like, that is the person that you go hire. And I mean, you basically go, like, let's see what we have with him. But I, but, but I don't think you're adding anything to Dragon Gate by getting Hayata Tamora. You're just putting, uh, uh, Lodette in the dirt. No, it, no, or, no
1: one's going, oh my God, it's Hayata Tamora in the Dragon Gate zone. You know, no. it's, it's not the Mike today is not doing that call.
2: No, no, Jay is not jumping up and down. I'll, no, I'll, I'll no, say that. No, much. No,
1: Jay, Jay's got to text somebody and go, who's that?
2: <laughs> well, I mean, he's also uh, <laughs> get better, Jay. Ho- hope your ankles holding up there. That, that that was the joke I was making. Cause his there you go. Ankle, yeah. It's foot's I, uh, in blue.
1: I might just ask if Cosmo Sakamoto will come back. I go, "Hey man, do you have like a yellow <laughs> do you have a yellow stripe on your gear?" Can we just put you in Zebrats and act like you've been there the whole time. I that yeah. might be my move. It's just I miss him. I really it, enjoy Cosmo Sakamoto and he is always in just the most unappealing looking matches on these Gleet shows. <laughs> like it's it, nothing against him. It's just yeah. always like Oh, I gotta that's watch that's oh, that's what he's in. Oh, I don't want to watch that. That sucks.
2: Yeah, it, it's it, it's something where you're like, hey, Kazma, just just bring back a Shake Shack, and it's all okay, man. Seriously, because- look
1: at look at his cage match. Other than uh, okay, so we did the the disbands match at the Tokyo Dome City Show against Sixty Seconds, and then he did that. Um, he had a match against Yan's family that I liked recently, like a big unit on unit match. But go through his cage match. He's just in the grimy match on all of these shows. And it is such a bummer because he had the Ashida match this year. The Ashida match was awesome.
2: Yeah. Like, you know, sadly, what is looking at his cage match, the one thing that I actually do really want to see, but there's not enough, uh, there's not enough Lysol wipes in this house to make me feel clean after this uh Kazuma Sakamoto teaming with Naoki Tanizaki and Quiet Storm defeat Harley Jackson Koji Doi and Koji Takeda at PPP reparty new chapter opening party
1: yeah I, I can't have that on my internet history I can't be seen watching that yeah but like it,
2: it he he is really in the slimiest stuff and as someone who like yeah no I know which one you're talking about the elimination Jan's family match that rocked Jan's yeah, family yes,
1: yeah it's good it was, but
2: I, honestly casey let me do a blank check like the right move the objective move is of Tamura. the thing is for my own enjoyment i'm bringing in yan's family
1: okay well i'm i'm vetoing that i have <laughs> i have i have controlling power and i'm saying no to your opinion um, oh my i don't want that you can just
2: put we can just put punch in yan's family after this triangle oh, game you, know, you like,
1: say you say that now and it's just gonna it's it's gonna be fun once and then we're gonna watch the driest fukuoka show and be subjected to Jan's family, and I'm going to be mad at you because of it.
2: And all the while, I, I, I'm sitting over here with my Yan's family towel, cheering on uh, uh, Takanori Ito doing very slow, deliberate German suplexes at Daikiyagi uh,
1: I'm telling you, the move is Sakamoto. You just go, hey, man, throw a yellow stripe on your gear. We're just going to act like you've been here the whole time. You're teaming with Hyo tonight. No one's going to say anything. It's fine. Just get back out there. <laughs> <laughs> I really think that's the that he would be the guy that would benefit Drangit the most. Yeah, because then you could do like Sakamoto versus Kakuda. Yeah, you right could there. do Sakamoto versus Kato. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I want I'm that. I want... You, it's it's. I really like. I I was it, before. I really unlocked something looking at his cage match, where I was like, maybe I maybe I've just missed some Sakamoto matches. No, all of no, his you... matches look horrible this year. It's like the good ones are. They did Lindemann and Seahawk versus Tomor and Sakamoto. I remember that. They did Ashida versus great. Sakamoto. I remember that. They did the elimination match. I remember that. The rest of his matches this year have been so unappealing looking. i
2: I'm I mean, I'm going down this thing. Uh P. Yep. No, He can't. I'm not doing anything with PPP anymore. I've seen Joji Atani. I'm I take that all back. I no. forgot <laughs> that.
1: Yeah. Hell of a talent. What a bummer.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, now I'm looking at this case. Uh Osaka Zen Roke versus Cosmo and Ka- Magnitude Kishawada. That's, yeah. Yeah. That was uh, Gamma's retirement match.
1: There you go. So uh, that is, that is great, uh, it is a promotion that I am just so completely underwhelmed and unimpressed by. And that unfortunately also goes for the booking history of Cosmo Sakamoto.
2: Yeah, I mean, I weirdly case if you were to tell me in 2021 that like i would perversely be excited about a great show being uploaded like th- that's my relationship with this promotion i'm just fascinated by it like it's it it, it is something that like the writing's on the wall there i just want to ride the i want to ride the dragon as far as it goes with it but like it's just one of those things like walking away from that show like t- does t hawk get anything out of this promotion well it's a it, it's a place that makes him a star does yeah well, well Lind- t
1: does yeah absolutely
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Because where would T Hawk be working? But uh, it 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 it's just like SB Taku. I just I, I just come away just like to kind of put a bow on it, like the return of that. Like you just come out of it. Like was the match good at the end of the day? Yeah, it went four on it. Like it was good. But I'm just but the vibes and how much bummed I am coming out of that show does not make up for a notebook match.
1: No, I even thought the main event between T Hawk and Ishikawa was good, but that match also could have happened in All Japan. It's irrelevant here.
2: No, you're absolutely right with that. Well, case we've crossed two hours, the Rangers are still up six zero. Uh, anything else you wanted to touch on before we get out of here? Oh, sh- we should probably go about go down the Kobe Art Center shows before we get out of here, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, because there's two this weekend, right? Yeah, that's
2: right. They have two shows coming up at Kobe Art Center, the 14th and the 15th. They are uh, uh we have a 6 p.m. local time start on. The 14th, that's 5 a.m. on the East Coast, and then a 1 p.m. start time for the Sunday show. That is midnight on the East Coast. That's only 11 o'clock for us. Case there, that's a little, that, that that's a little uh, Saturday e- or Sunday evening, Saturday evening show. Uh, getting t- through the show, starting off with the card on the 14th opener: Natural Vibes versus Gold Class, uh, Big Boss, Shimizu, Strong Machine, JUT, uh, Menora, Benkei, and Hulk. Uh, Eita and Takashi Yoshida versus Sachi Hoko Boy and Problem Dragon. And then we have Kung Fu Masters, Jackie Funky, Kamei, Jason Lee, Hoho and versus Z Bratz, Shun Skywalker, Kai, and Hio. Yoshiki Kato's single match series number two. He gets Yamato on the 14th. Match five, Dragon Kid and Punch Tomonaga versus Luis Monte and Naruki Doi. And then we have uh d courage versus m3k uh, Masaki mochizuki susumu mochizuki and zushi kanda and the main event for night one kz versus ishin
1: uh, that should be a very interesting show i think the second half is going to be a lot better than the first half i can't believe they are running two kobe shows and have a seven match kobe show as one of the uh one of the shows yep uh
2: I, Just i'm seems, interested it's
1: in... very hurtful
2: yeah 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 but uh doi and monte that is something that again doi wants to come around a little bit more often i feel like that he'd be a good vet hand with him and oh. i agree that. but uh going to the 15th uh gold class versus brats, kai hyo and ishan open up that show royal sambo uh ginky sachi problem dragon punch Ho, daiki and rioya match three natural vibes versus uh unaffiliated ut jackie funky kamei jason lee don fuji Takashi Yoshida, and eight Yoshiki Kato. Five singles match series. Match three versus Shun Skywalker. Match four, uh, Yamato, Dragon Kid, Naruki Toy, and Luis Monte versus M3K. That's an eight-man tag, the entirety of M3K and on that. And then for the main event, we have D-Courage versus uh, Natural Vibes, KZ, Big Boss Shimizu, and Strong Machine J.
1: I like the back half of this show a lot.
2: Yeah, it, it, it's something where like both of these shows, I feel like you take away the the bat. You take the two back house. You come together. You have you have our small show of the year right there.
1: I agree. But we, we unfortunately have 13 matches across two shows at Kobe Art Center, which is never a good time.
2: Yep. Uh, but we you know what will be a good time case? What's that? Being back with you next Tuesday, talking all about that. Oh,
1: uh, yes. No, I do not. That was a cu- very cute out, Mike. We're going to we're going to go now.
2: Yep. That's it. Uh, you follow us on Twitter at open voice gate cases that underscore in your case. I'm at Fujihea. thanks for listening. We'll be back with you next week. Take care.
0: Hello there. My name's Neil David and I'm the host of Euro Graps Express, the podcast exclusively dedicated to the wrestling of Europe. If it's wrestling and it happens in Europe and it's good, we talk about it. Whether it's Rev Pro, Progress, WXW, Passion Pro, Pro Wrestling Chaos, Pro Wrestling North, we don't care, we talk about them all. If it's good and it's exciting, I want to share it with you. We're on the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Check us out on the feed, check us out on Twitter at and Join us for chat about European wrestling and a little bit of chat about cheese. Hopefully see you there.